Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 13 of the Go For Two podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Wallace. I got my buddy Lucas here with me. Lucas, how you doing, buddy? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, even though the Titans lost. Oh, I know. Hashtag mini depression pod later on. And then the Cowboys might as well have lost, let's be honest. What do you mean? You didn't get anything good out of that game. Doesn't matter. You got the dub. Are you telling me that's not anything good out of the game? Why are you, you lucky? Feel good, you feel good. You feel good about yourself for beating I, the Giants. I feel great about beating them six straight times, and being four and zero in the division, with a winning record, and the first place in the NFC East. I feel great. Yo, I, I did. I did see a thing that. Uh, what y'all are y'all are like? What are y'all against your conference right now? I, I, I have seen that some note. Weird stat. I have that note. Do you really? Okay. I do I have seen that some note. Weird stat, and I was like, "Wow, they're really good in their conference, like within the last year or something." Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. I know. I wrote this down somewhere. Hold on, fellas. No, look. So Jackson, like, I asked him if he needed to get anything. Dude was like, "No, I got it all here." Oh, here it is, right here. It. See, we're nice not. Cat's tail is getting in the way in the video. You can't have nothing nice. <laughs> It'll be all right. So he was making a guest appearance. Uh... Nine and one versus the NFC East since 2018. Also six and eight versus other teams. Feels bad in that span. So we're dominant in the NFC East. We are NFC East <laughs> champs, my guy. But other than that, nothing too special. Do you know coming into this week, uh, Mike Brable was undefeated against the NFC? Really? Fun note. Yeah, huh. won every game against the NFC last year. You just, I got just a god, I guess. Uh, no. <laughs> no, sadly, no. <laughs> uh, sadly, no. What's up, Lucas? What anyway, we got on tap? Yeah, yo, yo. First off, my man's. I gotta ask you. We got any questions, Mister oh, Mister Casey or anything? Oh, you are anything? you are you are right. We do have questions. Look, all right. So while Jackson's getting these questions up, I just gotta. I have written on my paper here. Update on No Shave November. All right. All right. Yeah, go ahead. So look, me and Jackson and his brother Carter. I don't know why you're putting uh, me in this. Anyways, me, Jackson, and his brother Carter talked about it, and we were going to do No Shave November, where we didn't, uh, we're still going to shape up the beards, but we weren't going to trim them. All right, so Jackson gets on here, and I'm like, I'm like, yo, man, I trimmed today. I didn't, like, I didn't, uh, or I shaped, I didn't trim, right? Mm -hmm. I, just, I just shaped it up, didn't make, this is also as long as it was before. And Jackson's like, oh, I trimmed mine today. Well, yeah. What do you mean? Listen, what do you mean? Okay, first I, of all, he already failed. Like we're all hanging out. No fun. We're trying to do something cool for the podcast here, and this man's just. We're all hanging out, and Carter said he would do it with you. I I did not say I would do it with you. He definitely did. Definitely he, he was like, yeah, that definitely not. Like a cool I've thing told to you multiple times that 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 redheads, especially with like the red's head with like the long beard, the only person that could pull it off was the guy um, in Game of Thrones. Okay, that was it. That's the only guy that can do it and pull it off, and that's because he's playing. He, he he's an actor. Right, and, he, hey, Jackson, and it pulls no it off in the Game of Thrones universe. That you don't have the beard know-how. All right, no one, no one cares. Here's, here's the thing: That's I do here. care how here. terrible I look with a big bushy beard. I got my length. You, I got you it right. No, you don't know. That's the longest it has ever been in your whole life. Right False, there. because I trimmed today. It was longer this morning. Would you trim two centimeters off of it? Huh? Uh, Would you no. Trim like two centimeters. What's What's know. the I don't know. I use the nine millimeter matter. thing. Ask the question. Ask the question. I'm I'm tired of talking to you about this. Just something like me that. Upset. Okay. Anyway, but uh, Lucas is doing great on No Shave November. So there's that. All right, we got a question in from Mr. 
from Mr. Casey Crawford, as always, <clears throat> as usual and as per usual. Uh, listen, first of all, he's he's left a, a first comment about our previous episode. He's like, he said, OMG, I love it. So great. Love the mask. That is hilarious. All right, boys, the Cowboys are going to win. Uh, Tom Brady is the GOAT getting to 9-0. Oh, right. <laughs> he says he's sad that the Longhorns lost to TCU. And, oh, yes, of course, his Carol Dragons are the best high school team. Okay, there we go. Now, here's his question. And this is this is to you, Lucas. He's like, all right, guys, who's going to win the college national championship game? He said, I'm going to pick OU just because I'm ready to see a Big 12 team destroy Alabama or Clemson. So OU will win, and Jalen Hurts will prove he is the man. Also, the Carol, <laughs> there's Carol, uh, there's a Carol Dragon on the OU defense playing safety, number 20, Robert Barnes. Take care, guys. Appreciate the comment and the question, Casey. Thank you so much. So, Lucas, who do you think is going to win the college national championship game? Um, right now, I have to say, I got to say LSU or Ohio State right now. Yeah. Um, and and this the game coming up this weekend, we're going to talk about a little bit later when we do our picks, mm-hmm. but the LSU-Alabama game this weekend is huge. It's the biggest game of the year. Absolutely. Um, and, I mean, you could argue that this is a better matchup of two teams than the championship might end up being. Probably, I mean, say, yeah. Yeah, let's say that LSU gets knocked out, then you don't get to see any LSU matchups. And if Alabama gets knocked out of the college football playoff, then you don't know about that either. But I think there's a good chance both of them, even if one of them loses to each other, mm-hmm. like there's a really good chance that you see them in the end. So so we'll see, we'll see what happens. But um, I'm, I'm definitely thinking that Alabama would lose if they made it to the championship. Okay, okay. So I think if LSU makes the championship, I think they win. If Ohio State makes it, uh, then I think they win. Because I think right, Ohio so, uh, State is really good. So an LSU versus Ohio State matchup would be incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay. If, if you got both of those, I'm, I'm going to pick LSU. Right. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Appreciate it. Um, I, I, I'll i be honest. I don't know a whole, whole lot about college football. It seems like, you know, Ohio State, LSU, Bama – you know, one of those guys, I, I, I kind of tend to lean a little bit more towards Ohio State, but, you know, then again, who knows. But it, definitely, talk about this weekend's game just to, for a second. It's the first time since 2011 that a number one is playing against a number two during the regular season. So uh, definitely going to be worth a watch uh, this weekend, and we'll give our picks later for that. But yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for case for the question. What's up, do Lucas? You think, do you think Clemson belongs? In the conversation? Yeah. Absolutely. Real, real quick, before before you say that, well, Clemson's – I think Clemson's going to make the playoffs for sure as yeah. long as they don't lose. Um, they shouldn't. I, I don't think they're as good this year uh, as they were last year. Kind of stumbled again. I don't, I, don't, I don't think – even if Oklahoma wins out, I don't think they make the cut. They and won't. They don't, they, they don't they lost. have the – yeah. They yeah. lost. They don't have the schedule. So, they don't have the, the stuff to back them up. I think Ohio State could lose a game and make it. Um, I think either Bama or LSU, LSU. – they're one of them. Clemson yeah. couldn't. Uh, Oklahoma can't. So for sure, yeah. I think um, you got you got Bama, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson. Uh, you got a couple teams kind of chomping at their bits, but uh, at their heels a little bit. I think actually a point that I heard brought up today was if LSU, since they're going to Bama, if they go there 
and lose that game, say they lose a three-point game, it's more impressive, and they should still make the college football playoff if they play a, 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 a very close game, especially with Bama coming off a bye week, than Bama having a bye week, playing at home, losing to LSU even by three or seven, and that would make it hard for them to get into the college football playoff conversation. So, so I also, something I to think about. This. So <clears throat> I know that this wasn't on our thing, but it's okay to talk about because I think it's cool. Yeah. So Tua, the quarterback for Alabama, is hurt. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they don't know if he's going to play or not. He probably I actually will heard play. some people saying um, – yeah, he probably will. I heard some people saying that they would rather Nick Saban not let Tua play. Keep him, let him stay healthy for another week. Like, like try to get his health 100. percent Yeah. And then if they lose this game, it's a better, it's better for their college football playoff picture because it's like we didn't have our quarterback, and then right. win the rest of their games with their quarterback. Right. Compared to if LSU comes in and beats you at home with your quarterback, you know, like that hurts right. you pretty. That hurts you way more than. Oh well, we lost. We didn't have our starting quarterback. Right. And to be fair, I don't think any. Any coach should be thinking like that at all. I think I don't think you play for the security blanket. I think you play for the win. I think if if Tua can play and he's healthy, then you play him and you go after LSU and you beat him and you knock him out, knock him out of the number one spot and, and reclaim your throne. Um, that's what I that's what I think you do. But I, I see I see why that's that that could be a thing. Oh yeah, um, that's definitely what you do. But I'm mm-hmm. like, but you know, if you're, I don't think Saban does that. But I look at, like, Bilicic could, like, think like that a little bit. And I'm going to bring up something about him later okay. when we talk about the Patriots later on. But um, awesome question. Definitely appreciate it. Please Definitely. leave a comment about how much Jackson is a terrible human being for uh, telling me he'd do no show November with me and then ditched me on the first day. Definitely didn't promise it, but okay. Definitely did. No, but, guys, thank you for the comments. Uh, if you guys do leave a comment and or a rating, uh, we will definitely read it out on uh, on the podcast for us, and, and it, it it gets us warmed up and started in, ready to get into it. our topics. I like it. I, like I, it. It I love it, man. College football a little bit today. Um, so our first topic of the day, Mr. Jackson, is yes, something I think is pretty. It's pretty neat. All right, it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So there are rumors, right? Uh, so the Los Angeles Chargers, I almost said San Diego Chargers. So um, I sit there and think for a second. Every time I almost say it. Terrible. Um, so they have a chance, apparently, to move from where they're at, mm-hmm. which I think they definitely need to do. I wish they I agree never there. would have gone to L.A. Um, but they have the opportunity, apparently, to move to London. Oh. Right? And so, so here's the post that I read in the article mm-hmm. uh, from – Ben Dubose. It says, uh, should the Chargers pursue the move, the NFL could help build the team's bridge to London by transferring the $650 million relocation fee. It still must pay for the LA move mm-hmm. to a London relocation. So they, the NFL still has to pay money for it, but they'll pay instead to go to LA. To give them that option. Okay. Instead of for the LA, right? Um, or in, instead to move to London instead of LA. Right. Uh, the Chargers also could switch divisions with the Houston Houston Texans, the Chargers Ooh. to the AFC South, mm-hmm. and the Texans to the AFC West, or perhaps could move the Chargers to the AFC East, and the Miami Dolphins to the AFC South, and Texans to the AFC East. So, like, definitely. So, so a little this, bit of a shakeup. Like. Yeah. So, um, Mike Hernandez. I don't know. You probably don't know who that is. 
Um, so he commented on it, and he was like, so hear me out. Chargers go to London and move to the AFC East. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like the idea of them moving to like the AFC East. I like that, too. East. And then the Dolphins slide over to the AFC South because they're in Which Miami. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Texans go to the AFC West. Okay. you got to move someone out of the South. Sure. So the Texans would move to the West. And then the Bengals and Coach, the Colts, switch divisions. I don't like the Bengals and Colts to switch yeah. divisions. Uh, but he, his reasoning is because Cincy is further south than Indy. Right. So, so Indy would be more AFC North. So you would, right. have, you would have Indy. And think about that, though. Think about that going forward, right, with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger. Mm. Pittsburgh, Indianapolis with Jacoby Brissett and their young team. Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. We'll talk about him a little bit later. And then you got, <laughs> mm, yeah, and then you got the brief Cleveland Browns. But you know that would be yeah. one heck of a division. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that, but I do like the idea of moving Miami over to the south. Oh, I'm a t- bro. You brew Miami to the south, bring Cincy to the south. The Titans are dominating that division, and you move the well, look, Texans like out it. of it. I like it because you're getting you're getting that interstate deal. You're getting Miami and uh, Jacksonville. Oh yeah. So you're you're getting those two teams are going against each other. And yes. Then you have the Titans, and then you have uh, who else would be in here? We got you the have Texas Cincinnati. Area. Yeah. If if we in that scenario, if that yeah. in that scenario, right? I'm assuming the Texans would probably stay. Right. I don't I don't see the Texans moving out. Right. I so could then see who Miami moving in so that the Chargers could go to the East? I can see that the Texans have to go to the West to take place of that, and then. I, either way, either yeah. Way. Someone's got to go to the West. Of, yeah, there's a bunch of moving parts, but I don't necessarily like the Colts Bengals move because I think that makes that division too hard. Um, Definitely. But for me, I mean, hey, it'd be amazing. In, in terms <laughs> of, in terms of, uh, for, from two perspectives, one as a viewer, that would be incredibly entertaining because mm-hmm. the AFC North becomes incredibly competitive for the next ten years, right? Also, it real from a second perspective as a Titans fan. Okay, now I'm not as big of a Titans fan as you. I don't pretend to be, but I do like the Titans. Okay, um, ever I have been ever since Vince Young got drafted there from the, from the Longhorns. Anyway, from a Titans perspective, that makes that division infinitely easier, right? You got a rebuilding Dolphins. Okay, you got Cincinnati who can't win a game yet, and in that scenario, you also have uh, you, you still have Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Okay, Gardner Minshew, or I get his mustache out of here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta talk about that later. Uh, Nick Foles is starting this week. Oh, he better be. He, anyone who says Gardner Minshew should be starting over Nick Foles really needs to reevaluate their life. I I, 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 I really I seriously, bro. You I mean, sell mustaches it, and, and and put butts in seats, but other than that, like I, I don't understand why Gardner Minshew is even a starter. If he wouldn't have lost a game, or if he would have only lost one game, that'd be different. I could see it. Or if he even if he would have won last week, right? Then but you might have a conversation. Win. No, he they, didn't. They didn't win. They lost to the Texans bad. Really bad. Really, really, really so, bad. And Nick Foles is Super Bowl MVP. It, it's a no-brainer. Um, but I, I definitely think, so, like, let's just talk about just the Chargers moving okay. to uh, London. So I want to touch, there's a couple things I want to touch on. I want to touch on, like, how that would affect players, obviously, and coaches. Like For the sure. Staff all having to move that far. Uh, other teams within the, the, the division, especially having to travel to London twice a year. Yeah. Or, or having to go to London every year, no matter what. Yeah, you know, and then also, I mean, you got a playoff scenario. How much more money do you think would be in it to move to that market? If you move to London, you're the only London team. Oh, you have the entire you have Europe all the way behind you. That's so crazy. 
Like you, you, you have the entire EU, it, it, at least the entire EU that is fans of the NFL. Right. Yeah. Oh. So, so I, I definitely think like from the Chargers as like the owner and you stuff, would have, like, and I think it would be amazing for the NFL because the NFL is the National Football League. From that point of view, like it makes sense that it shouldn't all be there. You know, like the NBA has teams right. in Canada, uh, hockey yeah. has places everywhere. Sure. Um, so I definitely think for the sport, it would be yes. good. And can, can you imagine being the Chargers in in London, right? So you have the entire you have EU. They're all behind you because you're you're their first NFL team. You're coming in. Okay, you're you're going to be the best European players, whatever. Yes, you have logistics to deal with, but can you imagine home field advantage? Oh, crazy. because somebody it would, it would be because unreal. somebody's got to travel literally across the pond to come play in your house, right? Be the hardest place to play. Absolutely. Here's, here's another thing: like teams that, like if they, you know, they can't go home and practice, you know, right? Like, like they like if the Titans if the Titans play Jacksonville one week and then the next week have to go away and play the Cowboys right right they they can go to Jacksonville and then fly home and practice and then fly to Texas right but like in this instance if like you, if they had that they would leave London and then it's like all right we're staying over here they might it would definitely make sense to do that oh for sure to stay in the states for a couple of weeks while you're on your your, your road trip. Right, right you gotta, but then you got to have a separate place to practice again and stuff too. Right, so logistically they'd have to have some stuff to figure out. But and the airfare, all the that stuff, like your prices for that probably increase. But yeah, especially home from field a, advantage would be something else, dude. Home field advantage would be insane. Oh, and I will say this though, there better not be a single Thursday night game in London. I swear, oh, if you make bad. if you make a player play on on a Sunday during the day, or even worse, a Sunday night game, and they got to fly across the pond to go play on Thursday, you were all sorts of messed up, especially from a sleep schedule perspective. That would be almost impossible to play. There, they'd have to fix that. With the league office would have to fix that, so where you could not play an away game in London on a Thursday night. There's just there's so no here's, way. Here's what they do now for for the London games. So they make you uh, you get a buy. And you, they let the teams pick. Like, do you want your buy before or after the London game? Right. So if you're doing a Thursday night game, the only way I can see to justify doing that is if next week the team has to play on Sunday, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then for that Thursday night game, you have to give them the buy before it. Yeah. So they can get to they can get to London. Yeah. And then also the right. whole sleep schedule thing is a big deal. I think Huge I would like deal. it better if our first. Uh, if our first team outside of the United States was a Mexico City team, Canadian team, Canadian team, um, just because of the time difference, yeah, and sheer yeah. distance involved, yeah, it's just yeah, that's a. I feel like that's just a big. Deal. I mean, just having a team fly from like let's say like we play Oakland in Oakland this year, that's already a pretty big change. But, I feel like. but also think about this: you're the home team. Yes, you have great home field advantage. But you also have a really big disadvantage in away games. If you don't have a away stand for like two or three games in a row, and you got to go back and forth like every week, that mm-hmm. could be interesting. So that would, they they'd have to figure that out with the league office in right. terms of scheduling. So like I feel like everything could work out. The one thing that I worry about because I think they could find a way to justify and get around everything else. Mm-hmm. The one thing I worry about though really is the players. You think Philip Rivers wants to take his whole family to London? After settling that in LA? Man, that man has got like six kids or something. He, he's he's just, something he'll just retire. 
I gar- I gar- I almost guarantee you he's either going to ask for a trade or he's just going to retire if they say, hey, we're going to London next year or in two I just years. Feel like, I just feel like if you become a London team, I don't think there is there, – there's no market for you. No, like like the Titans, okay, or like mm-hmm. Nashville or whatever. Like we can convince someone to come there. Or a lot of people like Texas and like right. you, Dallas, right? Like you can convince people to come there. Sign it's a completely – yeah. To come to London – like you're asking them to uproot their entire, entire life. Yeah. You can't just fly home on a weekend when you got a bye week and yeah. go see your family well, in California if you're playing yeah. in New York. Well, there, there's a big difference from moving from, you know, like let's say you're on the Jets and you go to the Rams, right? Right. So there's a big difference between going from there to going to a completely different country. Right. And it's completely di- it's, it's a different government, right? So I guess they would be issued uh, visas athletic visas to to be to be over there and to stay over there they got to buy everybody's got to get a new home i mean obviously in a a relocation scenario yes everybody's got to get a new home but um yeah there's definitely a lot of logistical things to work out i mean it has a lot of benefits as well Mm -hmm. and i feel like the first three years are going to be the the hardest from that but i feel like once you kind of once everybody once the organization is settled that it would be better for the long run. I mean, because you open up to an entirely new market. Yeah, I all do, those I countries over there. It's it's too it's definitely too big of a step. I think for the first out of states. I think. Right. I think you got to get a Toronto team. Right. You know you you gotta you gotta do that, or you gotta get a Mexico City team because I know we used to do games there and I think they stopped because they said the field conditions were always bad. Yeah, Oakland. But you would have an awesome market there. Or, or even in Canada, like I think you could definitely, you know, and so try it out there the and then go over there. I worry about yeah. the players too, for sure. And it's definitely it, there would be a lot of things to figure out. But man, opening up to a completely new market like that would be something incredible. And as we said, the home field advantage would be insane, especially if you have a playoff game in London and you're the home team. That's in, that's insane. It'd be incredible. Absolutely. You got anything else? Anything else uh, on it? No, inter- interesting stuff, and I, I'm sure we'll hear more about it uh, in the off season, um, and see where see if anybody wants to relocate and move to Toronto or Toronto would be interesting too. What What about okay? So what about this? Because um, so what if instead they just expanded the league? Expanded from 32 to what, like 36, maybe? Because you got to make it an even amount of teams. You don't want to go 33 because then somebody's going to have an Right. You either have to well, no, because you can't do that either. You have to add eight teams because you have eight conferences. So you have to go to forty, wouldn't you? Because each division, I mean, if, well, each yes, division would get an extra player, or you would, same. or you'd completely reshape the divisions to each division have five, and you go to thirty-five teams with seven conferences with seven divisions. And if you do 35, then you need three new teams. That gives you a London and Mexico City and a and Toronto. Toronto team. Yeah. That would be awesome. I feel yeah, like that Yeah, but be the one conference would have four divisions, the other one would have three, so that couldn't work. So you'd have to split it into six comp- six conferences, or six, excuse me, six divisions, right? So each division would have what? Six teams? So you go 36, you four teams? So then we need three. So it would be three you divisions in each in conference. States, yeah, an east, a west, and a central. Or an east, a west, and a south. Or a north. That's how you'd probably have to. You'd probably have to add four teams. And then 
reshape all the conferences. Now that would be just as a little side project. That would be fun off 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 the air, Lucas, for us to kind of sit back. Okay, where would we put people in that scenario? Yeah, that'd oh, definitely be cool. That would be that would be definitely interesting. Yeah, so four teams. That'd be crazy. crazy. Um, <clears throat> crazy, so crazy, man. Into uh, some stuff that has actually happened in football. Beyond, we're getting out of the rumors. We're going into the realm of facts. Let's get into all it. Right? All right. The Ravens beat the Patriots thirty-seven to twenty. What a game! And and I want I want to open it up with because I'm, I'm hearing all this Lamar Jackson stuff. Is he an amazing athlete? Yes, this dude is crazy. Everyone's mm-hmm. calling him the second coming of Michael Vick. I don't think he is as good as Michael Vick. Okay. But he definitely is the most athletic quarterback in the league right now. Yeah. Easy. Mm-hmm. He's more athletic than a lot of the halfbacks in the league. I think so, right? too. And wide receivers. Like, this dude is one Would of it... the most physically gifted players on the field. Sure. Would it be fair to say... Lamar Jackson is the closest thing we've seen to Michael Vick since Vick. Easy. Is that fair? Yeah, I think yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Um, and so I think he is amazing, and he played a good game. Obviously. He sure did. Played incredible. But I don't think he is the reason they won. I There's think a lot of different factors. At, yeah, I think, I think what it really comes down to is, number one, the Ravens' offensive line dominated the Patriots. They, did. they ran the ball all night. All they, were night missing, they, ran the they, they were missing Michael Bennett. And, yeah, and so, like, if you're Belichick coming into the game, like, you're like, okay, we know we can't stop Lamar Jackson from running, mm-hmm. but we're going to try. But you're not going to let Mark Ingram beat you the way he did. Right. You're not going to let him have over 100 rushing yards the way he did. Mm-hmm. And so I think they did – if you if you're playing against the, if you're any team playing against the Patriots, you come into the game and you're like, all right, what's the two main things we want to do? We want to run the football and we want to get pressure on Tom Brady. Yeah, that's your and that's I, top and, two of your list. And that's exactly what the Patriots did. And I think it just comes down to just the lines on on both sides for the Ravens. Just Winning it in the trenches, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 let's not forget John Harbaugh because he he is no scrub. Right, oh, the no, man, he's, he's the, man the man is a Super Bowl champion, and he I think he has reminded us this year. Right, he had he's had some kind of subpar teams talent wise, but they've done a very good job over the past several seasons in recruiting and bringing people in and drafting as well. Especially that secondary is incredible. They went out and got Marcus Peters and uh, and Earl Thomas to sure up that secondary. So it's John Harbaugh can coach, man. You know, I I I think he has kind of reminded everybody he's a top five coach in this league. Top five, Sorry. if not top ten. He's, Sorry, he's taking a swig of water. Taking a swig of water, <laughs> right? Because I think you got you got Belichick, you got Sean Payton, you got Andy Reid. Okay, I think John Harbaugh belongs in that conversation of of top coaches. Definitely, Pete Carroll. Um, oh yeah, Pete Carroll for sure. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin. Do you say Mike Tomlin? Mike Tomlin. He belongs I, I in mean, that I conversation. Think, I think I think he's got to be up there because. Uh, the Steelers are 500 right now. They are a sneaky four and four, Lucas. And they're oh, and that's a side another side note. We keep going on segways, but their schedule opens up the rest of the year, right? They play the Six Jets. Yeah, they play the Jets, right? They still got to play Cincinnati again. Okay, they play. I think they play yeah. Miami. Or no, they just play you know Miami. Who, you know who else? You know who else is in their division? The who Ravens. Else? That's right. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're going to win the division. Okay, I think that's too far out of reach. All right, but. It's too be late a sneaky. For a wild card. It's it's it's. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm just saying they're going to finish 
They're well. For especially considering with their circumstances, yeah. Sneakily I mean, Tomlin's sne- worst year was eight and eight. That's his worst season. And yeah. he might get that again. I think he, he can, I think if he, he can end eight and eight this year, that's a I think that's a huge deal. Um but anyways, back to the game we were talking about, like I think I think the coaching and stuff just really the way that the Ravens just came in and they were like, We're gonna punch the Patriots in the face. Mm-hmm. They did that this too. This was brought up this was brought up on uh first take earlier today, I believe. Or mm-hmm. yesterday. I don't I don't remember. Sorry. Um, but anyways, one of them brought it up that this culture was made with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed mm-hmm. on the defense and T Suggs playing the Patriots and they're like like what are we what are we gonna do? You know, like what what when John Harbaugh's sitting there building his teams and stuff, what he he's setting his goals. He's like, What are we gonna do this year? We're gonna beat the Steelers, number one. Yeah. And then number two, we're gonna make it to the playoffs and we're gonna beat the Patriots. And yeah. so Everyone else, you know, you got they brought this up. You got the Browns coming in, bringing Tom Brady gifts. All right, like, oh, you're you're the goat, you're the greatest to ever play, which he is, and mm-hmm. like, um, and they're kind of like putting them up on this pedestal. But then yeah. you got the Ravens that are coming up, and they're like, who are you? Yeah, like, exactly. Like you're not we're even beach. And even Tom Brady said and acknowledged Ed Reed and the Ravens like that. That's his kryptonite, man. The Ravens culture, the Ravens identity. They they don't care who you are. Yes, they have the respect. They have respect for you off the field, but on the field, it does not matter. We are not your friend. You know, we we don't care about you. We are coming mm-hmm. for you. We are coming for your family, and we're going to take what is ours. Right now, on the field, so, that's their philosophy. So I got I got a sneaky point to bring that. up to you. Okay, right? hit me with um, it. So I'm going to rattle your brain a little bit here. Ooh. So earlier I said that uh, I was bringing up Belichick later, and like maybe holding some stuff you know i thought he'd do those little sneaky moves Mm -hmm. so max kellerman on first take thinks that bilichick held back because he expects to meet the ravens in the playoffs interesting so he held back so so he came into this game and he was like i'm gonna here's my little book Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna do everything and he said if you go back and watch the game he said that they tried so many different fronts and so many different coverages that, like, they just tried everything. They yeah. didn't find something that worked, and they didn't stick to something and try to stop it. It was like they were like, okay, what works best, and we're going to test test this we're, new game, and I'm going to write it down in my little book, and I'm going to yeah. have this for the playoffs. And we're going to get, get film of Lamar Jackson versus different schemes that we have in our playbook and analyze that so when it comes to playoff time, we're, we're going to be able to hit him with what we really have. Now, that's super interesting, and that's definitely something that Belichick would do, right? Because yeah. he's 8-0 right now, undoubtedly going to win the division, okay? Undoubtedly is going to have home field advantage. Oh, he's right. thinking playoffs right now. Oh, he's, he's, def- thinking he's definitely thinking playoffs right now. He's thinking, oh, we got this person next week. We got Cincinnati. We're dealing with Cincinnati. Okay, that's all we're yeah, thinking about. Know. Whatever. He's thinking playoffs, and I, I definitely wouldn't put that past him, for sure. Just trying out different stuff on Lamar Jackson because – Actually, I think I heard a stat that the second time players that teams play Lamar Jackson, obviously they play him, they play him way better, right? Like Lamar Jackson, when he first plays you, he's going to wow you. You, you know, your scout team quarterback can only be so fast. Your scout team halfback can only be so fast, 
and can I pull off the, the different problem. moves and the balance that that Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson can. And when you're on the field where it gets for the first time, you're like, oh dang, <laughs> my safety actually can't catch up to this guy. I think there's also a pride thing to it. Mm-hmm. I think there's players on the field that get out there and they're like, I just let a quarterback spin on me and get around. Right. Me. I just I just got burned by a quarterback and I think yeah I think it's a complete pride thing like they go into the next game way more motivated for sure for that they're not going to let that happen again well I mean like just look I think the Ravens have done an excellent job John Harbaugh's done an excellent job of mm-hmm. building around what they got sure definitely definitely um like they were like okay we're going to make Lamar the quarterback and we're going to change everything we do that's the way you should do it we're going to work around him yeah, but I do have a problem with that style. I don't think it is uh, as effective once it gets kind of figured out. Right, right. And so, if there's anyone to do that, it's the Patriots. Oh, they'll be ready. They'll be ready come postseason time. But I, but but that is not to underscore the impressiveness of what we just saw from Baltimore. I don't know. Right. I did. Oh, by the way, there was some unpatriot things. There's some turnovers and stuff going on. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean. The Ravens won by 17. Uh, they beat them worse than that, though, I think. I think the defense of the Ravens played very good. Like, I'm hearing talk of Tom Brady hitting the cliff today, and I don't I don't think it's that. I think it's just Everybody's been saying that for the past four years. Yeah, exactly. I think the defense just played really good. The pressure, Tom Brady's line isn't as good this year. He's getting the ball out faster right. than he's ever gotten it out. Right, and he's – I mean, you got to think about this too for later on in the playoffs and talking about going vertical and going deep. They got rid of Josh Gordon, and they got rid of Antonio Brown, right? Two of the most dynamic route runners and, and players that can bring verticality to your to your roster. And remember, they don't have Gronk. They definitely miss Gronk in the red zone. Um, so a quick side-off question. Do you think letting go of Josh Gordon – was a mistake. No. Are they going to regret that later? He wasn't playing anyways. He wasn't playing. Yeah. He wasn't playing anyways. And I think the most important thing to the Patriots is consistency. Mm-hmm. And they replaced him. All right? They replaced him. They just got Harry back, and then they just got Sanu into the team. I think you need to give them some time. So Get adjusted. Edelman, and, I mean. You kill Harry and Dorsett's no scrub. You got the GOAT throwing you the ball. So. That's all you need. I mean, we've seen Peyton Manning with Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders looked amazing, mm-hmm. and then once Peyton was gone, they haven't really done anything since. Mm-hmm. I think any wide receiver that's left the Patriots hasn't really done much without Brady throwing them the ball, you know. It'll be interesting to see because Russell Wilson is definitely super excited to have Josh Gordon, or at least it appeared that way on social media. He's very excited to have Gordon on his team. I think if he he plays and stuff, it'll be amazing because Russell Wilson is an amazing quarterback and Mm -hmm. Josh Gordon is a very, very high talent. But I just don't – I'm not going to believe in him being there and playing well all the time Mm -hmm. just because if you can't do it with the Patriots, then who can you do it with? Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I was was just curious. I was just curious because of that recent transaction. What's next, Mr. Lucas? Man, I feel like we talk about quarterbacks every week. I kind of we get do. tired of it. I kind of get tired of talking about quarterbacks. Do you? Most most important player on the field. All right. 
Undoubtedly. Yes, I do. I think I think I get tired of it because I'm a Titans fan. I think I think that's what it is. A little sore subject there. Probably has been for a long even time. Even when we had Steve McNair, like so, like the year we went to the Super Bowl, the mm-hmm. fans booed Steve McNair off the field. You know, like like stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, just. Yeah. yeah, I could see. Like he got hurt. He got hurt, and we booed him off the field because he was playing bad that game. Oh gosh. Yeah, came came back, took us to the Super Bowl. It's whatever. No big deal. Um. No big so deal. So, anyways, so Cam Newton has officially been put on IR. All right. Yeah, that's a big. The, this is a big uh, move. The Panthers released a statement. Let me read it for you real quick. <clears throat> All right. So this statement is from GM Marty Herney. Okay. And uh, he said, we have said all along that it is impossible to put a timetable on this injury. Nobody is more frustrated with the fact than I am. Um, he's one of the fiercest competitors I've been around during my 20-plus years in the league. At this time, we have decided that the best decision to reach the goal of bringing the foot back to 100% is to place Cam on injury reserve. So, okay. I know... We we know what this means for the rest of the season, right? Like we, we obviously Kyle Allen's going to be the quarterback for the rest of the year. He's the guy. They have faith in that. Mm-hmm. Um, they've lost one game with him as their starting quarterback, and they have the team around him to where he can be a game manager and stuff. For sure. Um, I need to know from you, Mister Jackson, what this means for the future of Carolina and for the future of Cam Newton. I think this me this is very simple for the for the future of Cam Newton for the future of Carolina and that is that their futures are going to be separate. I think this is the last year that Cam will be a uh, a starter in Carolina. I think it's the last time he's going to be a Carolina Panther. In the last seven starts from Carolina for Cam Newton, he was zero and seven. Okay, in the last seven starts from Kyle Allen, he's six and one. So I think you, uh, I think when you, when you talk about those two players, they're completely different. Right, like like we said before, Carolina doesn't need a dynamic superstar athlete at quarterback. They need a game manager, somebody that can build behind Christian McCaffrey and manage the game with their dynamic defense. I think maybe they explore some other quarterback options, maybe in the draft, maybe they take a shot at a second or a third round guy. But for for all intents and purposes, Kyle Allen, who was kind of contemplating even entering the NFL draft, seems to have done quite well for himself given the opportunity at this injury. So I think Cam is going to hit the market. Um, I'm not sure about his contract details, if this is his last year or if um, Carolina will have to trade him. But I think uh, a team like Chicago, if they're not interested in him as a free agent, they'll definitely be interested in him uh, for a trade once the league year is officially over. I think they're done. So... My my only problem with that, number one, uh, you said something about maybe Sam with Kyle Allen. I think that is completely out of. I don't I don't think there's any shot that they 100% stick with Kyle Allen. I don't think he he's their franchise next year. I don't think yeah. he's their franchise quarterback. I think they look at other options. I'm just saying, Cam Newton, as of now, will no longer start for the Carolina Panthers again. Right. He yeah, will I, be. I can't believe that. He will be somewhere else, and they will continue to use Kyle Allen until they get another option I, or until Kyle Allen proves that he can right, be right. the franchise we, guy. We get, I get what you're saying. Okay. Um, I can't believe that because not at the beginning of this year, but at the beginning of last season, if you look at what Cam did for the first half of that season before he was hurt, um, I think it was some of the best play that Cam Newton has ever put on the field. Interesting. And I think it's hard to 
like it's hard to give up on that to go looking for a quarterback again. You know, now right. I completely get this year. You don't know what's going on with this foot. No one ever knows when it'll be better. But if you're sitting here at the end of the year, or if you're sitting here in February mm-hmm. and he is a hundred percent again, I don't think there's any way that you don't give him another shot as the starting quarterback, just because of what he did do for you when he was healthy. Even though this game is a what have you done for you what have you done for me recently business and that they could save a ton of money by not re-signing him and going with Kyle Allen and looking for somebody in the draft for a rookie contract in order to build different pieces around a Kyle Allen or a different draft pick, add to their defense, add to their offensive repertoire without the expense that a Cam Newton would require. Can you I- win? Can you make it to the Super Bowl with Kyle Allen? I think from uh, evidently this year you have a better shot of making it with Kyle Allen than you do with Cam Newton. They're five and three. They're not seven and zero oh or seven and two or anything. They're not amazing. Like this year, Cam Newton's hurt. Cam Newton's hurt. He They're five, but part out. of that five and three, they lost the first two games with Cam Newton, and the only loss right. that you have from from Kyle Allen this year is to an undefeated 49ers team. Right. I think you have way better shot, especially this year. Going forward, I think because of the expense, I think because uh, Cam Newton is having injury issues, and this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business, Cam Newton has played his last down as Panther. That, and that's just my opinion. Because I think you, I could, I think you, can, I think you can get, because I think they're going to want to go cheaper and build around that, look for somebody in the draft. Go from there. Right, but if you want to go cheaper and and build around something, if you get a new quarterback, you are rebuilding. If they go draft a quarterback, you are rebuilding the whole team. It depends. It depends on, right now. but it depends on where they draft him. If it depends on, it depends on a couple of factors. One, how does Kyle Allen finish this year? Right, is his only loss for the rest of the year going to be to the Niners? Highly doubtful. He's going to lose more games. Okay, that's just the nature of the beast in the NFL. Like this weekend against the Packers. Right. Exactly. So it's just – it depends on how he finishes out the year. It depends on how high they want to draft a quarterback. It depends on if they take a shot at one in the third or fourth round, try and get lucky, or if they decide to trade up and really get one. It uh, There's a lot of different factors here. But I think because you ha- because Cam has been injury prone, because he we thought he was going to be back after a couple weeks, it ends up being the entire season. I think because he's more expensive, and uh, and because he is older, and because Cam throughout his career seems to have reali- relied a little bit more on his legs than his arm, and Kyle Allen's doing enough to get you by right now. That's at least going to make at least going to bring up the discussion of. Right. So, maybe we can move him, or maybe we don't re-sign him. So you brought up you brought up the point of Cam doing stuff with his feet and stuff. Um, I think if you ask Cam to do what you're asking Kyle Allen to do right now, he does just as good a job, if not better. Right, and that's why a team like Chicago is going to pick up the phone if Carolina calls him and says, hey, do you want Cam? Obviously but they can't now because the trade deadline's over. Why wouldn't Carolina just recognize that and be like, hey, we have a guy that can do what Kyle Allen is doing right now. Next year, he can do it even better for us. He can be a game manager. 
and then if he has to, he can make a play with his legs. All right, that's just an added bonus. But instead of us sitting here running RPOs all day, we will treat him like a pocket passer, and then he will just have the side ability to do this. I'm not done. I'm not done. I see you getting ready to talk. Mm-hmm. So why would they not be like, our team is ready to win right now. Let's just upgrade the quarterback position by just by throwing Cam in here to do the same job that he's that Kyle Allen's doing instead of what Cam Newton's been asked to do his whole career, which is go win this game for us. Hey, we need you to go out there and throw for 300 yards and then run for another 100. Hey, we want you to put your body on the line every single play. Mm-hmm. They, they He's asked... He's asked to go win them games, and Kyle Allen is asked to not lose them games. And that is completely different. And D'Angelo Williams brought it up on first take, mm-hmm. and he got super emotional about it. Dude was yelling at Stephen A. Smith. It was awesome. But like, I, I, I've heard about that clip. I need to go see it. Yeah, I, I think I sent it to you. On yeah, I, I just haven't had the chance to look it's, at it yet. Yeah, and like I 100%, 1,000% totally agree with him that asked to do completely different things. Like you can't. Sure. He, what he said was, "We need to stop comparing apples to oranges." Okay. And give and give Cam Newton next year to, like, if you ask him to do the same thing, he can do it better. Right. I will say, there is a flaw in your argument, and that is making the assumption that Cam Newton will do what he's never done, and that is be a pocket passer and in the game manager. We're asking him to reprogram himself as a quarterback. He's been doing this his entire life in high school at Auburn when he won the Heisman in Carolina for his first several years playing. He's always been the guy to use his legs. He's always been the guy to get out of the pocket, to make plays, to be super cam and dive into the end zone and put his body on the line. That is how he is programmed and wired. That's right. different, though. I'm saying stop stop calling QB run. Stop calling options. Stop Obviously, calling you can do that. And if, and if Cam Newton accepts it and says, yes, you know what? I don't want to use my legs anymore. I want to use it as a last, as a last resort. Then that's, complete, then that's different. But I think because that would require some rewiring, right, within his, within his brain system to be able to reprogram himself to play as a pure pocket passer, when you already have one that is cheaper and less injury prone, that is winning you games right now, I think you move on from Cam Newton. You get a heck of a deal for him if he's still under contract. You could probably get a one for him, if not a one, maybe a two and a five in terms of draft picks. And then you take a chance maybe in the drafted quarterbacks. Maybe you see where Kyle Allen goes. But I I, I think with the if you look under all of this um, take into uh, – account all these different factors i think i think it makes more sense to move on from cam from a from carolina's perspective i just think i feel like i feel like you're okay with moving on from quarterbacks because the cowboys have just done it easily i think whole life i think there's a i think there's a there's definitely a luck factor when it comes to that and and drafting good quality quarterbacks we definitely got lucky picking up dak in the fourth round absolutely steal the draft um Picking up Leighton Vander Esch at the, uh, well, I think it was the second round of this past year's draft. We've done a good job drafting, but it's different. And just like, I, I'm not saying generically, we're going to keep moving on from quarterbacks for the entire league because obviously that doesn't work. Because quarterbacks are the most important, as you said, the most important part of the team. If you have a stable quarterback, i.e., Big Ben, i.e., Tom Brady, 
Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, you have a stable organization, a stable franchise. I don't take that decision likely. I take into account in my decision the fact that Cam Newton's been hurt. He's been banged up. He has it within his wiring as a quarterback to be a runner, to be a scrambler, to put his body on the line, to dive into the end zone to make the play. And that he is more expensive than what you have now. It's different if Cam Newton was completely healthy. If Cam Newton was completely healthy and let's say he just, you know, like he's having his toe injury and, you know, he doesn't have a history of other injuries and Kyle Allen steps it for a couple games. We're not even having this conversation with this if this lasts three weeks or four weeks. We're saying, obviously, you re-signed Cam. He's a heck of a player. But because he, he has to be placed on IR and last year he was dealing with injuries, this year he's dealing with injuries, who knows if, what's going to happen next. Let's say you pay him. Next year, you bring him in, and he tears his ACL, or he re-aggravates his foot, or whatever happens. Then, then you're on the hook, and you set yourself back several years. But when you have something that's working, why get rid of it? But he's getting – you're going to have that backup guy to follow up on anyways, all right? They're, they're yeah. going to have Kyle Allen next year, and he can be back up to Cam Newton again. And you can send Cam Newton out there. You stop calling the options. You stop putting him in harm's way as much. He can scram- He can roll out of the pocket and stuff. You're not asking him to just stand I still... Yeah, I'm, Patrick Mahomes, I'm talking, bro. Patrick Mahomes drops back. Every play he drops back, and this man runs around. Him and Russell Wilson run around, throw the ball down the field. Don't you dare right? compare Cam Patrick Newton Mahomes to Cam Newton. Cam Newton doesn't belong in the same breath as Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying he's as good as Patrick Mahomes, but I'm saying the blueprint of you can roll out of the pocket and still throw the football is something that Cam Newton can do. It's can he do it? Yes. Is he willing to do it? I don't know. Yes. After being hurt for a year and a half, missing a season and a half, basically. One for... would think, but Cam, but Cam Newton was coming off an injury this year, and he's still running around and running around in the in the backfield, trying to make plays, trying to die for the end zone. He's still doing it. He came off an injury last year. I just, I just don't think. If you're going to have that that guy there, you're going to have that When you're a quarterback in the NFL anyway. for seven-plus years, you're not going to change your ways. I'm just saying the coaches don't put him in harm as much. Let Cam can— There's a lot can, of assumptions, so though. Right? It's it's, well, you're, assuming, you're assuming that, oh, they're just going to be fine. They they don't they, need a they quarterback very well to put could not be. The they very well could not be, but it's worth the risk with an injury-prone quarterback who's not going to change himself, who is way more expensive than potential options you could have now with a deep quarterback pool— Probably with a draft that has the probably deepest quarterback depth that we've seen in a very long time. You know, Trubisky, the Bears traded up to grab Trubisky, and he is terrible. Absolutely. That's yeah, a, that, that's okay. a bad. That's, that's a bad decision. Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston were taken first and second overall in the draft, and both of them are going to be out of their starting jobs by next year. They both are. So I'm, I'm just you're you're making some assumptions about the draft. That the draft drafting a new quarterback doesn't set you back. It most definitely does set you back. The times it have been definitely, set back since Steve McNair it, left. It definitely yes, and it definitely can. But I'm saying you have a greater chance, a greater likelihood at success in moving on and continuing with Kyle Allen and possibly going into the draft than you do in relying on an injury prone quarterback who's going to set you back millions in the cap space. For because one that's more year? But that's because that's what's gonna happen. I'm just saying you give you give him one more year. He sets you back one more year, whatever. 
You you got his cap space. Assuming he is, assuming he accepts that, doesn't take that as a personal insult because he's been the face of the franchise for so long. If you offer him a one year deal and say, "Hey, if you're healthy, we'll sign you again," that that that's a lot of assumptions there as well. And we're just going back and forth here, but I think it's safer to play the field and what you have that somebody's not injury prone than it is to set yourself back five plus with Cam or four plus with Cam when he's been injury prone. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying in this specific situation, the NFL, all these teams in the NFL that have quarterback problems would would take Cam easy. Yes, and, and they, them and, and, they the and, and they they could very well take a chance on Cam, and maybe he surprises, and maybe he plays well, maybe he says, you know what, I want to be a pocket passer. Maybe he makes the Panthers regret. But I'm saying from the Panthers organization, from the Panthers standpoint, from their perspective, they are better off moving on and capitalizing on Christian McCaffrey's prime than with with a bad quarterback. No, I get what you're saying. They continue with they continue with Cam Newton. We keep a worse quarterback in and we just ride Chris McCaffrey into the dirt. Cam Newton's not a better Cam Newton's not a better quarterback if he's on the bench, he's hurt. Well that was some really good knowledge there, Jackson. Thank you for that. I didn't know that. It's common sense. Just try it. Yeah. Um so next up, uh someone else that is just as stupid as Jackson. Uh (laughs) Adam Gase. All right. Adam Gase is terrible, bro. What is so, it? What is? How is he coaching? Th- this is this is what I think. I think this Adam Gase should never have been hired as a head coach again. All right, whatever. This guy was in Denver, had a good year, had one good year mm-hmm. as an offense coordinator in Denver. Was in Denver for two more years, and then uh, was an offense coordinator in Chicago, I believe. And then he went to the Dolphins, was their head coach for three years, uh-huh. and now he's the head coach of the Jets right now. Let me just say, did the Dolphins do anything under Adam Gase? Absolutely this is what not. They did. Ten and six, six and ten, seven and nine, and now the Jets are one and seven. Ooh, Why man. would you, you hire? Just lost, you just lost to the Dolphins. You just the worst team. They're tanking. And why would the Jets hire somebody within their own division anyway? This is what I'm concerned about. Well, here's what I where they just like, man, we're gonna beat the Jet. We're gonna or not the Jets. We're gonna beat the man, Dolphins. Man, you know the Dolphins coach. have done so great. Adam Gase is such a Breakthrough, such a, a breakthrough quarter, uh, breakthrough uh, coach. I can't even get the words out. He's so bad. He he is such. He's so stellar. He's a coaching genius. He's the second coming of Sean McVay. Let's go ahead and bring this guy in. He is just an offensive uh, genius and powerhouse. Let Let's go ahead and bring in Adam Gase. What were they thinking? You know what? I know what they were thinking. They weren't thinking he'd show up high on his first press conference. Yes, bro. <laughs> Do you see this man? Like, I'm very happy to accept the job. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got the no, munchies. His, like, dude, have you his eyeballs? His eyeballs are just wide open. He's just like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" It yeah, it's, it's terrible, terrible. There, there was something going on. All we, right, we can both agree yeah. on this. Adam Gates is a terrible coach, and he should be fired immediately, and he shouldn't be hired as a head coach again. No, he looked like he just shot up some cocaine or ate some bath salts or whatever they do with that. Uh, he he might have had to do it, man. I don't know. I think he was thinking, I can't believe they hired me. They actually did this. Let's let's. But I mean, I mean, literally lost to the Dolphins, twenty six to eighteen. He's twenty four and thirty two. That's his coaching record. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you take this away, I guess he's uh twenty one and twenty five coming into the year, coming at the beginning of this season. But right. now he's one and seven with the Jets, who I think you could argue. Are better than some of the Dolphins teams that he's had. For sure, you got you got Le'Veon Bell. Sam Darnold's not bad, even though he was hurt or he wasn't hurt. He was out with mono there for a while, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
um, but you just lost to the Dolphins this week. You know what's sad? You know what's even worse? What hat am I wearing, Lucas, for our for our, our podcast listeners? I'm wearing You're wearing a hat that belongs to the team that gave the Jets their one win. Exactly. And it, I, I am almost disgraced to keep wearing this hat. When I when I think – okay, listen, don't get me wrong. I love having the hat on, okay? I love what we've done the past couple of weeks. Okay, we're finally getting into form a little bit here. However, we lost to the Jets of all people. We lost to Sam Darnold, the man who saw ghosts the very next week in New England, the man who the following week can't beat the Dolphins. The Dolphins, Lucas. You know how much yeah. pain I am in when thinking about this subject right now. Yeah, I, I think I think we're good with the Adam Gase. Let's move on to hometown heroes. Ooh, good Moving segue by the way, Mister Mister Jackson. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go first since we are talking about the Cowboys right now. Which oh. you, so uh, just to update for everyone. So we're kind of changing some stuff. We're always trying to come up with new things mm-hmm. for uh, how to structure our podcast, how to make things a little better, present information to y'all better. And so we're trying to restructure how we talk about the Cowboys and the Titans. Mm-hmm. And so what we're doing is we're going to start doing the hometown hero segment, which is where Jackson and I will give the three things that we like and dislike about our team. So Mr. Jackson's going to go first this week. He's going to give us the three things he liked about the Cowboys game, three things he didn't like. That's right. And, you know, if, if he's got any side notes, because I definitely have a fantastic side note for the Tennessee Titans later on. So, Mr. <laughs> Jackson, if you would, please take, take it away. away. I appreciate that, man. What, what, a, what an introduction. What a segue. You love to see it. You love to see it. Um, listen, I watched the Cowboys game last night, and I definitely had some takeaways um, from this game. Number one, missed – and this is not even getting to my list. I'm just talking to you guys here, the fans here for a second. Okay, you're in your car. All right, you're listening to me. All right. You're, maybe, maybe you're sitting at home watching a YouTube video. Okay, I'm making eye contact with you right now. Level with me here. Okay? Just, just, just level with me. Okay? Missed opportunities. Lack of discipline from my Dallas Cowboys, okay? First of all, I am super happy that they won the game. I am super happy that they completely throttled the Eagles, right? What I am upset about is the fact that we scored 37 points and could have scored 50. I think in the past two games, we definitely could have scored 50 points. Penalties are holding us back. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into the list, but I'm, I'm going to level with you. The Cowboys have a whole lot of potential, and I really think at the end of the day, what's holding us back is a lack of discipline miss opportunities and that comes coach clap mr jason garrett okay i i think at the end of the day i think we're going to make the playoffs i think we might even win a playoff game but i don't think we're going to win the big one until jason garrett's gone can we please get bill cower or somebody that can get these guys on the sideline all all wrestled up and get them playing like a team please Instead of just individual talent, because we are loaded from top to bottom with complete star power. You go and you look across the offensive line, best offensive line in the NFL. You look at the running back. Okay. All right, Jack. Come on, buddy. Listen, I'm just. It, it, look, I will agree. Y'all got the best roster. Your coaching staff is not the best. Yes. Let's get on. Let's get on into the list. I'll be here all night if you keep ranting. Look, <laughs> I'm just leveling with the crowd, man. We all understand each other. You can other. level with the crowd all you want. We try to bring some structure this in This is my segment. You ranting. I'll let you talk about the t- Titans here in a minute. I'll let you talk about them for 30 minutes last week. Exactly. And we're doing this, so I don't do that anymore. All right? All right. Fair enough. However, nothing on this list will change until we get rid of Jesse Garrett. I just want to preface what I'm about to say with that fact. <laughs> okay. All right. 
Number one, we're going to go into my likes, okay? We're going to start with some positive stuff here. Okay, number one thing that I liked, we were feeding Zeke. We were feeding Zeke this game, Lucas, okay? This man, Zeke Elliott, had 23 carries for a buck 39 on the ground. That is six yards average a carry. He was playing and he was playing incredibly well. I saw him bust. I saw him. Yes, I saw him bust off a couple twelve-yard runs, a couple fifteens. He even had a nineteen in there. Now he was about one shimmy or stutter step away from busting out a sixty-yarder yesterday. Okay, yeah, little little shimmy. All right, on Monday. However, um, feeding Zeke when, when we feed him more than twenty times a game, we typically win the ball game. Continue feeding Zeke. I like that. He's played very well. And when the running game goes well, Dak Prescott goes well. Okay, number two. Into my likes. Big-time plays and big-time moments. Third and 15, no problem. Crossing pattern up to Mari Cooper, 42-yard touchdown, right? Third and six on the Giants, 42. And what do we do? Little rollout option. Deep to Blake Jarwin. You saw Dak Prescott take a command, telling him to go deep down the field. And Jarwin brought in a beautiful catch and used his pure athleticism to get all the way down and score the touchdown. That was number two. Number three. Wait, 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 real quick. Was that what? when he, like, jumped over that guy and then, like, fell into the end zone? That, that was Michael like, Gallup. Aww. That was yeah. Michael Gallup. That was beautiful. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. It's, 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 it's loaded. Loaded. <laughs> All right. With a different coach. We're, with Sean Payton. Ooh. Ooh. This team with Sean Payton would be so good. Okay. Super Bowls. So many. I said. Dynasty. I said bowls. That was plural. That was plural. Dynasty, Lucas. Dynasty. That's what that would be. Anyway, Dak taking command. All right. Dak, his stats for the game, 22 of 35 for 257 and three touchdowns. He did have an interception in the beginning. Okay. And this is part of my point. Interception, very first play of the game, interception, and sets up the Giants at their at our eight-yard line. Defense comes through, holds them to three. Okay. We're looking good. Dak comes right back. Okay, the very first thing he does, he gets back into the huddle and he's fist bumping all his guys. He's saying, that was my bad. That's on me. Let's go win this game. He took command of his troops. He rallied the squad and he led his team to a 37 to 13 victory. Yo, and can I just say that this man looks like Peyton Manning out there? Yeah. Omaha, kill, kill, kill every play. Exactly. Every play. every play he's changing something at the line. Every play he's telling guys where to move, where to shift, where to be. He took command. He took ownership of that team, and that's what I love to see, man. Absolutely love it. He did incredibly well. So those are my three things I like, three things I could take away from the Cowboys games that I absolutely adored. Now, friends. Depression segment. Depression segment. <laughs> We're going to get into the three things that are a big problem, and, and, and the core of this is all going to be the same thing. Okay? Obviously, we need a new coach. And if we don't get one at the end of this year, I don't know what else we're going to do. Okay. Number one, penalties. Penalties led to are what we I call drive killers, especially in big-time moments. Third and one, and we get a holding call, make a third and 11. It's a lot harder to convert a third and 11 than it is a third and one, isn't it, Lucas? Oh, I know all about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> penalties, I think. Little offensive pass interference, drive killer, right? Or Giants are moving. You have them off on – you get them off the field uh, third and long. Oh, roughing the passer penalty. Automatic first down. Unnecessary roughness. Okay? Fighting on the sidelines. Yeah, Too didn't you have a rough, many. Did you have the kicker one also? Uh, didn't yes. They a, didn't they kick a field goal and you roughed them? Uh, yes. And forced yeah. on the kickoff. You gotta love it. Bro. Absolutely yeah. terrible. Penalties. So that we doesn't had, make sense to me. 
Yeah. <clears throat> we had 10 penalties for 104 yards. The entire length of the football field, we had penalties. Man, you sound like us, Jack. Yeah, like yes. 12. You won the game. <laughs> it's terrible, man. <clears throat> penalties. Number two thing I did not like. Early turnovers in this game. The, the interception on the very first play of the game, it was just a dumb throw. It was a dumb play. And, yes, we talked about Dak taking command and, and taking ownership of that and moving on and bringing his team to victory. And that's great. But you can't, against a good team, against a New Orleans Saints team, against a 49ers team, against a New England Patriots or Kansas City Chiefs team, that's seven. Automatic. Hey, man. De- the defense is not going to be able to hold to three in every scenario like that. That was just a dumb throw. Absolutely awful. Randall Cobb, not holding, be able to hold on to the football. Took a helmet straight onto the football, coughed it up. That's a drive killer right there. Things like, things like this early turnovers and costly turnovers. That against the Giants, no big deal. We can win by, we can win by 24 points. But against New Orleans and San Francisco, it ain't going to work. Not even against L.A. or Seattle. We're going to Seattle and we pull that. We're not walking out of there with a dub. It's an easy loss. That's what cost us in the Saints game, honestly and truthfully. Our turnovers and penalties at the beginning of the game cost us. They really did. Number three, a lack of discipline. Fighting on the sidelines. Penalties. Turnovers. Robert Quinn, what were you doing? Getting involved on the sideline and grabbing this man's face mask. I'd be heavily surprised he doesn't get suspended. This comes out on Thursday. We're, t- we're recording this here on Tuesday. But I would be very surprised if he's not suspended for the next game. Or yeah, at he, least... He ripped that... He ripped Hernandez. He ripped his helmet off that one time. That's what I'm saying. Or at pulled, least pulled heavily fine. Right. <clears throat> like, it's okay. All right, yeah, he, he he's on your guy. You push him off, whatever. Fine. Okay, let's move on. But there were three separate fights in the same game, all on the sideline, for hitting the quarterback, for uh, pushing our guy, for bringing this guy off the pile. Like, guys, come on. Like I, Marcus Connors like, is part of that, too. Yeah, exactly. He's the leader of that group. Right, so you're setting an example. And I know that you get hyped up for a division game. It's an important game. We're in MetLife. You just got beat in MetLife a couple weeks ago by Sam Darnold and Adam Gase. But, guys, you got to keep your wits about you. And that, and that starts in the locker room. That starts with the coach. So, lack of discipline, I attain that to Jason Garrett. Absolutely. Those are my three likes and my three dislikes. That's, that's, that's what I have for the Cowboys game for you guys today, this week. Obviously, looking a little bit better. We, we still got a lot of work to do. Our schedule's got a lot tougher. Lucas, you better you better take over because I can ramble on for 10 years. Go ahead, bud. I love it. I love it, Jackson. Um, Passion. <laughs> Allow me to clear my voice here. Get a little choked up sometimes talking about the Titans. <laughs> it's a hefty subject. It is. Um, so, Titans lost 30 to 20, I do believe. All right. I'm trying to block it out of my memory, but... I think that's what it was. Yes, sir. We should have won this game. Okay. I'm a, I'm I'm not gonna go on a rant like you did, but I will say that the coaching decisions for the Cardinal not Cardinals for Carolina mm-hmm. was not exactly great. They went they did a fake punt that would have gave us the ball and the momentum because we had the momentum. They did a fake punt because they we're like, hey, we need to catch this momentum. We need to stop this because we know the momentum's about to flip. Yeah. And we stopped, we stopped the runner. They did like a direct snap. We stopped the guy two or three yards short, and he just 
they push the pile, they get across. All right. Ooh. So that's uh, I do have some little. So I have some little side notes before I get into my my three things I liked and disliked. Number one, lost because we messed up with every momentum shift. Every momentum shift there was, we stopped them on the first drive. We came out, drove all the way down the field, get into field goal range, kick a field goal, and miss it. Carolina comes out. What do they do? They drive down the field, kick a field goal. All right, whatever. We get the ball. It's like a three and out. We punt. And then it comes back, and we have a fumble. Mm-hmm. We make Chris McCaffrey fumble for the first time all year. Beautiful. Faced illegal face to the hands. Oh, no, dude. That gets called back. And so, like, every every shift of momentum, the big ones was the missed field goal. We missed three field goals this game. Like, every shift that there could possibly be, we definitely lost it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it was it was bad. I, um, hear, so anyways, I hear you. Those games are rough. So the likes and dislikes. Number one thing I liked about the Titans game was Harold Landry. All right? This man had, like, he had an interception. Okay? Mm-hmm. I believe he's the one that calls the fumble on Christian McCaffrey, although he doesn't get it. I think right. he had. He didn't get credit for the force. No, I don't think uh, they don't get credit because the the penalty takes it back, right? Oh yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Um, and then I believe he had three sacks. Nice. Had two or three pressures on top of that. All Love right. It. This is our this is our edge rusher. This man coming in. All right. Solid. Just attacking. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's what we love. All right. Mm-hmm. Making me think of a of a he's a, he's get, he's trying to get up there to the. To the Javon Curse level, all right. If this man is playing great every single game, and he was the number one star for the defense, because let me tell you, everyone else on the defense kind of upset me at times. Uh, by the way, Malcolm Butler is on IR for the rest of the year, so rip to the cornerback. Oh man, that's rough. I saw that today. <clears throat> uh, number two thing I liked is Tannehill. Okay, if you look at the stats, I think he threw for like 300 yards and two interceptions. Ran for a touchdown and threw a touchdown. But let me just say that his interceptions were not his fault. This was a problem when Mariota was the quarterback, too. So it's no surprise that Tannehill has the same problems. Yeah. The first interception that Tannehill threw, he hit A.J. Brown on a slant. Yeah. Hits him right here. Hits his hands, goes up in the air. Cornerback catches the ball. Pops up. Yeah. Same thing happened against the Colts. I don't know if you remember, Jackson. We I do remember. We, we talked about it at length, I remember. A.J. Brown didn't catch the slant. Cost A.J. Us Brown the shouldn't be running slants anymore. It's what it sounds like. All right? He doesn't need to be running slants, apparently. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. I don't know what's going on with me. <clears throat> Having some issues with my vocal cords right now. It's just um, changing time of year, man. It's getting The next old. one? All right? So we got rid of our kick returner and mm-hmm. brought in this Khalif Raymond guy. Brought him off our practice squad. He's been our kick returner the last two weeks. Did a great job this week, kick returning. All right, yeah. We put this man, we put this man in the game for one because he's super fast. We put him in the game for one drive, mm-hmm. and what happens? He runs the wrong route. Tannehill throws an interception. Oof. He was supposed to run, and he's supposed to undercut the safety. He went over the safety, so Tannehill thought he was going to cut under, so he threw it. So he threw it under. Instead, yeah. Pass. Yeah. Interception. Easy. Anyways, other than that, Tannehill played great while the whole team was trying to Marcus him. Okay. For those of you that don't know, getting Marcus is when uh, <clears throat> the whole team does everything they can do to possibly lose the game for you. That's what happened to Marcus Mariota for most of his games for five years. This man got Marcus. Um, <laughs> so he got Marcus. What a Special term. teams. 
Special teams wasn't playing that great. His wide receivers are dropping balls and causing interceptions for him. Deion Lewis was in the game. I don't know why this man fumbles every time we give him a role in handing the ball off. Yeah. If we hand the ball off to this man more than twice a game, he's going to fumble. I think on his third carry, he fumbled. Oof. Um, so, so you know, we had three turnovers. That's a killer. All right. Absolutely. You can't win games in this league with three turnovers. <clears throat> Especially I'm against so a. So sorry about the coughing. You're good, bro. Especially against a, like a, a Panthers team like that. That is that's so hard to beat. You yeah. Get three turnovers. So. Number three. Number three thing I liked is Derrick Henry. All right. Two touchdowns. Let's go. Okay. Actually, Tannehill didn't throw a touchdown. Yeah, he did, because one was two Derrick Henry. So Derrick Henry had two touchdowns. Okay. Right? One was off a screen pass. It was like a 30-yard screen pass. It was beautiful. Looked like a galloping gazelle. Man, he is but good was, with the screen passes. He really is good with the screen pass. He made like two or three people miss. It was nice, man. I'm telling you. I say gazelle, but he's more like a... Uh, he's too big to be a gazelle. So I okay. guess he's like an elegant lion. I was going to say... Leaping what? through the jungle. Love it. You know? All right? And then he ran one in... And we came out after halftime, Jackson. We got the ball, and we gave Derrick Henry the ball every play all the way down the field. It was like 11 plays, 70 yards, touchdown drive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dang. Just all the way down, boom, touchdown. Um, so it was awesome to see that. He had two carries in the first half. Deion Lewis Oof. had three. I think that's right. Five balls? You, you, got, you ran the ball five times in the first half? We had nine minutes of possession in the first half. Ooh. Oh, no. It was 17 nothing at halftime. We did a really good job in the second half to bring it to 30-20, honestly. Yeah. Um, wow. So, yeah, defense got you a little gassed. Anyways, uh, so that's the three things I like. Three things I dislike. Number one, rest of the offense. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, the rest of the <laughs> I, named, I didn't expect I named that. Tannehill. You, you yeah. caught me off guard with that one. <laughs> I, I, named, I named Tannehill and Derrick Henry as two things I liked. And the number one thing I disliked was the rest of the offense. A.J. Brown dropping balls. We got uh, – that includes the offensive coordinator. All right? I don't know what – we're running the ball five times. I get that we were put in situations that you did not like, but one of those five times was like a second and 17. Okay? It's Jeez. second and 17, and you're going to hand the ball up the middle from shotgun? No. <laughs> no, you do not. That is not what you do. Which, by the way, third and 15 was not converted, if anyone was wondering. Okay. Close. Tannehill got us like 14 yards, and then we punt the ball. Um, Okay, so. Number two, defense missed opportunities. I got you, Jackson. I know what you're feeling, all right? Mm -hmm. Look, this is what happens. Let me tell you that Kyle Allen is nothing special. You know what he does? He drops back. He hands it to Chris McCaffrey. Yeah. He throws it to Chris McCaffrey. Or he just drops back, and he just throws it up in the air, and it just floats. And whoever comes down with it comes down with it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> he just throws, he, they throw up the 50-50 balls all the time. And, by God, let me tell you, they catch them now, all right? <laughs> I don't know what it is. The, Malcolm Butler got beat in the end zone on a 50-50 jump ball, okay? Which he broke his wrist on, which I'm really upset about. Um, yeah. And then we got, I got a Dory Jackson running down the field, and this man jumps up in the air to catch this ball. Should mm -hmm. have been an interception. His hands are like this, and the ball just goes right through it. Okay? All right? Mm -hmm. Ball goes right through his hands. Of course, the Panthers wide receiver catches it for about a 50-yard gain. It's whatever. Who cares, right? Mm. 
All right, mm. missed opportunities. Missed that interception. Malcolm Butler dropped an interception that hit this man in the chest. Okay. Oh, no. Hit him in the chest. We got illegal hands to the face on that one fumble. Should have been a turnover. It was not. We have Dude. offsides on third and fourth down and stuff like that. Just just missed opportunities. When When you can get off the field, you're not yes. getting off the field. You're letting Kyle Allen. By the way, the Titans have the worst uh, zone defense in the league. I think I don't know that based off stats, but my eyeballs say that they do. Yeah, because it's like third and seventeen. Kyle Allen drops back, hits a guy running a curl route. Sick of it. Uh, so just missed opportunity. So you got to get him off the field right there, right? Right, right, right. <clears throat> so number three, number three thing I dislike is penalties. All right, that it, a commonality between us. Lucas. Okay, <laughs> look, I don't. I don't, I don't understand, Jackson. I don't understand how last year we're the least penalized team mm-hmm. in the whole NFL, and this year we're having at least 10 penalties. I feel like we're averaging like 10 a game right now. That's what that's, it feels like. That's crazy. Okay? We got 30-yard run by Derrick Henry, called back, tail of the wand, left tackle, holding, number 77. I'm like, what are you doing? All right? We got illegal hands to the face, all this stuff. We got offsides by our right guard. I will say two of our offensive linemen, two of our starters were hurt this game. Oof. I sent you a clip on Twitter, Jackson, where Roger Saffold is blocking no one. He's sitting I here saw he's that. Like, and then no one. No one. Just absolutely no one. I don't. I, All right. Anyway, <laughs> penalties, though. We had some pass interference calls, offense and defense. Yeah. And it, was just, it was just too much. Okay. So that's it for what I liked and disliked. Real quick, I have a side note. Okay. Where's the testicles? <laughs> Where are there nowhere to be found? Where are the testicles at, bro? All right, this is Coach Go For It, okay? This is the gung-ho coach that's like, if it's fourth and one, we're going for it. Fourth yeah. and two, we're going for it. If we think we can score a touchdown instead of a field goal, we're going to go for it. Opening open drive, not uh, Yeah, opening drive when we kick that field goal, right? I'm yeah. sitting here and I'm thinking. I'm watching the game and I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, we have our kicker back. We got our starting kicker back this week. He's yeah. been hurt all year. He's been on IR. He's finally back. This man hasn't kicked in the game since last year. He missed three field goals this game. I Ooh. understand. Okay, I understand that you're not 100%. <clears throat> and so that's okay. I can't blame the kicker. Although, I, well, obviously I can, but it makes sense, right? Right. It makes sense why you miss. Like, you're you're getting back into the game, whatever. Next week, you'll be fine. Yeah. We get all the way down the field to, like, the 27. <clears throat> it's fourth and one, and we kick a field goal and miss it. That's a momentum shift. Carolina yeah. instantly goes down the field, scores. Okay? you. But where's the testicles? Coach, go for it. Should have gone for it. It's the same as missing the field goal, which, I mean, you don't think you're going to miss the field goal. You're sitting there, and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to get three points. Yeah. That's fine. But it's 0-0, zero, zero and you just three and out them. Right. Go for it. Go for it. Might as well. What do you exactly. got to lose this? What, what do you have to lose this season? Everybody's counting it's, you out. It's fourth and one. Your kicker's been hurt all year. This is his first game back. Like yeah. you need to, you need to help. You need to help out the boys. Yeah. And that's right. I, I just, I wonder where Coach Go for it is at. Where I've got him running QB sneaks in game-changing situations against the Chargers yeah. and stuff like that. Like, 
do we punt the ball or do we QB sneak it to get the one yard and then Philip River or yeah, Philip Rivers doesn't have like he gets a thirty yard field instead of a seventy yard field, right? Right. <clears throat> so like we're willing to make that decision, but we're not willing to go for it on fourth and one at the twenty seven when the game just started. I feel like you have There's to There's some inconsistency take, there. Yeah, you need to take hold of the game right there. Um, but anyways, that, that does it for the Hometown Heroes group. By the way, guys, if anyone has a better name for the segment, all right? Because this is what our three things we liked and disliked about the Titans and Cowboys. Right now we're calling it Hometown Heroes, but if anyone's got anything else, I might have yeah, to start get calling the... it Hometown Zeros because yeah, the Titans <laughs> cannot get a win. Uh, Dude, I'm telling you, man. Uh, get, a, use, get the creative juices flowing and let us know, guys. Let us know what sounds good. Yo. Um, so... Mr. Jackson. Yes, sir. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Oh, that's my most favorite segment, dude. I love you know, I Take think, It or Leave It. I think I got some good stuff for you this week, okay? You, I think I got okay, some this man some texted stuff. me earlier on today. He was like, listen, man, Take It or Leave It is lit tonight. I, I said, said, oh, I said let's nice. get it. I said nice. He's he Nice and lit for him should, are, should be are nice interchangeable. Tonight. They're interchangeable, but they I are. said nice. All right? So, so when we're sitting here talking about stuff, who's got their facts right? Me, this guy. All right, Jackson, the one that wrong, that's wrong all the time. All the listeners, you should all know. Who do you believe? This guy. You, you, you don't believe the. You don't believe him. All right, get him out of here. I, I know think all of this about. is still stemming because I trimmed my beard to this morning. I think that's why. All right. Anyways, Mr. Jackson. Yes. Uh, quick update for anyone that hasn't heard what Take It or Leave It is. Take It or Leave It is a segment where I usually take like around five things, right? And I will, I'll state it, and I'll say, take it or leave it to Jackson. He'll tell me what he thinks, and then I'll take it or leave it, whatever. And it usually makes for some pretty cool conversations, and we try to do it a little quicker, so we're not just talking about one thing for forever. Right. So, up first, Mr. Jackson, we have take it or leave it. Lamar Jackson belongs in the MVP conversation. Ooh, I think you have to take it. I think you take it. I think he's shown that he is one of the most special young quarterback talents in this league. I think the game against the Patriots was a statement game. Don't get me wrong, I think the Patriots are going to get him back, especially in the playoffs. Bill Belichick, since you told me about the thing with Bill Belichick, I think he's kind of scheming. You're probably right on that. Um, but I think he definitely belongs in the conversation, uh, especially considering he's one of the only quarterbacks to go 200 yards passing and 100 yards rushing in a single game. I think he's done that multiple times this year. So um, definitely a special talent. I don't think he's going to win it. I still think my favorite Russ is going to – or our favorite Russ is going to take it. Um, actually, your favorite was Christian McCaffrey. My favorite was Russ. But, um, I think mine's Russ. I, I, I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember. Either way – It's all jumbled. But Russell Wilson I take it. Right. I take it. He belongs to the conversation. Um, I'm going to leave it. Okay. The only reason I'm leaving it is because I think there's too many other people for him. So when I say to me – I don't, I don't know what it is to other people because there's not, like, a standard for it. It's not mm -hmm. like when you're sitting here and you're, like, conversation. Is that five players, three players, eight players, right? Like, how many players truly play well enough to be in there? To me, it's, like, three. Three or it's four. Kinda in my head, that's where I try to stop it at. And I'm seeing Russell Wilson, Chris McCaffrey, Aaron Rodgers. You know, like, like I see those yeah. three. I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah, but since he's been hurt, does he really even – I mean, obviously he's a special talent. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. But does he – since he was hurt, does he even deserve to be in that conversation because he missed a period well, of time? To me, I mean, to me, to me he does over Lamar. 
just because okay. of what he does on the field when he is there, and he's only missed three weeks, and I think he's coming back this week against the Titans. Should be a big day for him. <laughs> Should be a big day. We have a bet on that game. We do. Mahomes is going to take it. I just bumped my Ma- mic. Maho- I'm so sorry. Mahomes, boy, is going to take it. Taking the dub. Look, we're, we're, we're not there. We're not to pick on yet, Jackson. You just wait. Um, Number two. <laughs> You're cracking me up this episode, man. You were on fire. This is hilarious. Uh, number two, take it or leave it. The Tennessee Titans upgraded when they fired Mike Malarkey after their first playoff win in 15 years uh, and hired Mike Rabel. Take it. Take what? it. Absolutely. Hashtag coach go for it. Hashtag don't give a. All right. Now, he's been a little abs- absent a little bit lately. I like Vrabel's coaching style much more than Mike Malarkey. Okay. Now, now. It's the same. Huh? Well, what they want to do is the same now 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 now, now, this is from an outsider's perspective right i don't i don't watch i'm not able to watch these games they're out of market for me every single week but from an outsider's perspective it seems like vrabers just kind of got that swag a little bit cooler of a dude right when he was on the uh, on the boys podcast busting with the boys he just seemed very you know very chill very like the swagger about him he's a football guy he seems like the it seems like the players respect him more then they respect Football him. Coach. He's definitely a player's coach. Right, exactly. So for me, that's an upgrade. Um, now I'm not I'm not sure in terms of like the numbers, in terms of the records for both of them, but Don't worry. You got it? I've got the numbers. <laughs> okay, well I'm 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 gonna say in, in my from an outsider's perspective, I'm gonna say take it. Um, so I'm going to leave it because I don't feel like you have necessarily. I don't think you've downgraded either. Okay. I think you're getting the same. You're pretty Little much lateral you're move. pretty much getting the same. Okay? okay. And and here's why. All right. So Mike Malarkey was 11 and 14 in his first 25 games. 11 and 14. Okay. Uh, Vrabel is now 13 and 12 in his first 25 games. Upgrade. Okay. So. Right. So it looks like an upgrade, right? Mike Malarkey inherited part of the way through the year. A one and six Tennessee Titan football team, Ooh. with a rookie Marcus Mariota. Mm. Okay. Vrabel was handed a nine and seven football team with a franchise coming off its first playoff game victory in fifteen years. Okay. Okay. And so, Mike Malarkey took us to two back to back nine and seven years, and then last year Vrabel took us to a nine and seven. But do you think we're going to go nine and seven this year? No, it's not looking like it. Okay, and what what are you going to blame that on? Or are we going to blame that on Marcus? You can blame it on Marcus, but Marcus took us to nine and seven three years in a row. Okay, uh, with that the, the coach team, that you got rid of. The team obviously blamed it on Marcus because they benched him. Right, and so like, even though he didn't deserve it, that's what the team decided to do. Right, but but then it's like we're seeing the same thing this week. The same thing that people with Marcus were like, Marcus ain't on the same page with the wide receivers, da da da, all this stuff. The same stuff is happening this week. So it's a deeper, it's a Tannehill, deeper problem. Tannehill than got issue. Marcus today, okay? Yeah. And or Tannehill got Marcus Sunday. Um, and so I'm seeing. I think Malarkey had a harder job to do. And produce results. Mm-hmm. And I don't see Vrabel producing any positive results. I see Vrabel only producing negative results. I see Vrabel coming in, and our offensive line is worse. Mike Malarkey had the number one offensive line one year. The next year, they weren't number one anymore. 
but his first year, his first full year as the head coach, we had the number one offensive line. Okay. Now, and do you, now do you Marcus attribute Mariota that was a franchise quarterback? Right, but do you attribute that more to him inheriting a better team, like him inheriting a better offensive line, or do you think that Vrabel downgraded the O line? Like, does Vrabel have less to work with? Is what I'm I'm curious about. On the offensive line, yeah. Well, we upgraded at left guard in theory with Roger Saffold, right? Yeah. But and and so we upgraded at left guard, and in theory we upgraded with right guard as well because we drafted a guy and replaced our other player with him. Mm. But let's say we didn't. Let's say we downgraded at right guard and upgraded at left guard. Well, it's it's the same. So those, in other words, Vrabel hasn't done enough to you to prove he's an upgrade yet. He's done right. the same and or worse. I think in terms of results, it's pretty much been the same. Mm-hmm. My problem with it is that Vrabel has way more talent. Okay. Way more talent. I mean, I mean but Malarkey got a one in sixteen. Do you know who our star wide receiver was when Malarkey was here? Who's that? Rashard Matthews. Oof. He's not in the league anymore. Kendall Wright not in the league anymore. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that, that's definitely true. And and part of it is like part of it is kind of stuff that you can't measure yet. Part of it's culture, right? Like what which coach brings out the best culture within the organization? Which coach coach brings out the best in his players? But I think they're sorry. It's like eh. right now. I, I see your point. I, I see it. It is from the outsider's perspective. Vrabel seems like right. Yeah, we've more de- of the guy. I'm, I'm sorry. We've definitely talked about this way too much. Okay, let's um, move on. Um. Anyways. So, number three, take it or leave it. Yes, sir. There is cause for concern after the Packers lose to the Chargers. Leave it. Leaving it? Well, I don't think in terms I don't think it's time to hit the panic button. I'll put it to you this way. There is cause for concern because they got beat the same way by the Chargers and by the Eagles, right? Them just kind of pounding the football down their throat and – that to me is cause for concern. So I guess in that scenario, I would say take it, but I don't think it's worth hitting the quote unquote panic button. I still think the Packers are a very good team. I still think there is still a little bit of a learning process with Matt Lefleur as their head coach with uh, with Rodgers. Um, they have to shore up that interior defensive line. I feel like, and I think they have to figure out a way to where where Rodgers isn't playing good to create some offense because that 50 yards of total offense in the first half with Rodgers, with Darren Jones, with Devontae Adams, there's some kind of a problem there. So um, I reverse my stance. I say take it. But no, but not time to hit the panic button. You're right, right, right. But there is cause for concern. Yes. Um, I'm also going to take it. The reason I'm going to take it is because the blood is in the water, Jackson. Those defensive ends, those sharks looking for the quarterbacks, mm-hmm. oh, they they are getting a scent. They're getting a smell now because Melvin Ingram came back for the Chargers last week. Joey Bosa couldn't be just double teamed every play. Right. Okay. So what happened? They put pressure all day. Yeah. All day there was pressure. And I think they showed that you can beat this team if you can get pressure on the quarterback, which you can say that about any team. But if you, I think you can use the philosophy of we're going to get pressure on the quarterback and knock Mm -hmm. the run down on the way and you can beat the Packers. And I don't think that their coaches can adjust for it. Right. I don't think Matt Lefleur is good enough. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll, what comes from that. We'll take it. 
Uh, number four, take it or leave it, Mr. Jackson. The Browns head coach, Freddie Kitchens, is to blame for their current state. Take it. Also, I would like to add on to it. Freddie Kitchens is to blame. Baker Mayfield is to blame. The front office is to blame. I think I think the Freddie Kitchens is definitely the most the party that should be the most blamed is Freddie Kitchens. I think there's too much talent on that team for it to be wasted and sitting at what are they now? Two and six? Um I don't know. I, I didn't write it down. Two two and two and <laughs> two two and six at this point. And I mean, you had did and did anybody see the picture of Baker Mayfield at his press conference after he shaved? Like he shaved, he came into the game with the full beard, then he Yo, shaved it down it. to like the little handlebar, little yeah. little goatee thing. Then before coming out to the press conference, he shaved it again to a regular mustache and he put a hoodie on or something. And this dude looked completely defeated. He didn't have any kind of charisma about him, no swagger, nothing. He looked like he was just beaten and thrown into the dirt. And no, I seen a uh, completely sorry, and utterly broken. I seen a, I seen a picture of him, right? And someone yeah. commented on it and was like, "Why does this man look like the Home Alone goons trying to break into <laughs> <laughs> trying to break into the stadium?" Yo, I love Home Alone. It's getting to Christmas time again. I should watch that movie again. Um, oh yeah. Well, by the way, by the way, guys, this seems like a. No, no, no. It remind me, Jackson. I got something to say. Okay, you got something to say later. Okay, okay, I got something to something say. Something to say. Uh, take it. Overall, Freddie Kitchens, uh, he shouldn't have been the head coach yet. He obviously is in way in over his head. I think they need to make a coaching change. Obviously, you don't want to do that too much with a rookie quarterback. But if you leave him with Freddie Kitchens for the first four to five years of his career, uh, you're going to be detrimental to uh, your potential franchise quarterback with Baker Mayfield. And I also want to say Baker Mayfield is not living up to his potential currently. And part of that's the coach's fault and part of that's his fault. I'm leaving it. You're okay. leaving? I'm leaving it, and here's why, Jackson. Here's why I'm leaving it. It is the GM's fault, and this is why. All right? You don't you don't send your four-year-old daughter out on her bicycle, all right, that always has training wheels on it. You don't send her out there and say, don't worry, honey, I'm taking these training wheels off. Have fun, all right? You don't, you don't do that. You don't take your guy who is your running backs coach who gets – promoted to the offensive coordinator and everything's fine and you start winning all these games and your quarterback's playing amazing you don't suddenly just throw him into the head coaching spot either just because your rookie quarterback wants you to okay all right it was not smart on his part to to do that i don't i don't know how you can wh why do you get rid of the head coach that helped you win these games instead you promote this offensive coordinator because of his relationship with the quarterback that he has had with this quarterback for half a season, that who is a rookie who doesn't know what the NFL is like, who doesn't really know what's going on. And so, like I said, you don't you don't blame the little girl for wrecking her bike. You blame yourself for taking the training wheels off. Interesting. And it was just too early. It was too early for, for Freddie Kitchens to be put in that spot. He should be kept as offensive coordinator, and you should have just kept the head coach you got. All right? You keep the consistency yeah. you got oh, going. Oh, for sure. For and, sure. And that's, the, and that's the best thing to do, bring in the talent that you have right you got obj's over there on the sidelines he's like what am i doing here right yeah, but 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 here's why i put freddie the blame more on freddie kitchens than for the gm because that same gm brought in obj that same gm drafted miles garrett brought in jarvis landry drafted baker mayfield right that that same gm look, 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 helped look. put the pieces together good does not cancel out the bad 
all right? If I go, if I go outside and I hand out free candy to all the kids down my road, that's all good and it's well, also creepy. All right, but that's not. Look, you're missing the point. But that does not forgive me for breaking into someone's house. Okay. Of course not. Okay, and so you can't just be like, oh, well, you've done such a good job doing your job that we'll forgive you for messing up your job. Like, you, like I don't go and I cut someone's yard, and I cut 90% of their yard, I do a great job cutting, but the other 10%, I just leave it, and it just grows up a jungle. You know, like, like you don't, you can't just overlook the bad because of the good. And I, I know that he has done a good job, and all that other stuff, I commend him on doing an amazing job with the draft he's brought in amazing free agents he's done everything he can to put good players in the organization but i think the one mistake is you have to pick someone to lead your ship mm-hmm. and i think that a ship with a bad captain is a bad ship yeah well, they they definitely made a mistake in that part because freddie kitchens is terrible and i think this and i think freddie kitchens should not be a head coach in this league at all 100%. i don't think i don't think he was um, ready we can agree on that next up uh, so number five, take it or leave it. So Nick Foles is coming back. Yeah, yeah. Take it or leave it. He will make the Jacksonville Jaguars a playoff contender this year. Leave it. I don't think there's much you can do for the Jacksonville Jaguars the rest of the year. I think Nick Foles is a heck of an upgrade than Gardner Minshew and his mustache and his jorts. But I don't think there's much that is salvageable. This year, and that to me is a shame because I was really looking forward to seeing what Nick Foles could do for this team throughout the whole year, and being healthy and see and and, and him finally having control of his own offense and not being the backup to Carson Wentz. Um, so we'll have to see what he does next year. I think they're going to play better. I think they're going to win more games, but there's not much he can salvage there, and especially to compete in a. Uh, AFC that the division winners are almost all decided and the wild cards are it's a heavy race for those it, it, leave it absolutely yeah I'm also uh, I'm also going to leave it just because I I would take it but if there I were three more leagues make, I said it will make the playoffs yeah, yeah and, I, I and even, even if there was three more weeks I still wouldn't say it'd be take rough it. I would say leave it but I will say that there is a chance, obviously, because this is the sure. NFL and they have a great defense. Mm-hmm. Even though they have lost some games, they have a good defense. And bringing in a quarterback can energize your team. So, Yeah, they would almost need to win out and have a couple teams lose. So, All right, that is it for Take It or Leave It, Mr. Jackson. I did love Take like It or Leave questions? It. Do you like them? I really do. I really did like the questions. I like the, the training wheels uh, little analogy thing that you brought up, for That's sure. Look, the Browns look, are a dang mess. Man, I'm bringing some philosophy in here. Right? I like we're it. Edu- when you bring we're educating philosophy. the masses. Okay? We love that. We're throwing in some metaphors. I'm talking. We got some Aristotle over here, right? <laughs> we got some Aristotle in this hand, okay? And then we got candy in the other one, or whatever. Right? That's right. We got it. We got it all here. This is the Go for Two podcast. We're everything. You love it, man. You love it. It's it's, um, it's a good time. So it is now time to recap our picks from last week. Oh, we did bad, um, guys. We did bad. Don't listen to us. Yeah, it wasn't that good. Uh, so, we did one college game and six NFL games. Number one, we did Georgia at Florida. Uh, Georgia beat Florida. The Eagles beat the Bears. The Chiefs beat the Vikings. The Ravens defeated the Patriots. The Cowboys beat the Giants. The Titans lost to the Panthers. And the Packers lost to the Chargers. 
Yep. Sad time. Sad, sad very time sad day. time. I got a lot of wrong, a lot wrong last week. Yeah, I think I got, I think I got two right, and you got three out of the seven. I'll take it. <laughs> so uh, I'm 31 and 32. I'm negative again. All right, it's okay. We're 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 bringing it back this week, baby. All right, don't worry. Let's Ain't get nothing. It. Ain't nothing. All right, <laughs> you're 34 and 28 now, by the way, Jack. Hey, let's get uh, it. <laughs> So anyways, uh, our college games, we have two this week, two amazing matchups. Number one, yes, we have number one, LSU is traveling to number two, Alabama. That's a, that's, that's going to be an incredible game. First of all, okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, I wrestled with this pick, and I'm not going to pretend like I'm some college football expert or that I know what I'm talking about. Obviously, I picked the game wrong last week. I made this decision purely off of one thing. Alabama is coming off of a bye week. The last so time LSU. The last time that Alabama came off of a bye week, they beat LSU, then number three, 29 to zero. And Nick Saban, in his career off a of bye week, is 11 and four. He almost has three times as many wins as he does losses off of a bye week. Nick Saban, when he has time to prepare, can be a deadly force to be reckoned with. Now, a lot of this depends on if Tua plays. If Tua plays, which I think he will, I'm going roll tide, Mr. Lucas. I think at home, off a of bye week, extra time to prepare, Bama takes it. Man, this ain't nothing like last week. Last week, we were together on every pick except for one. Um, I'm 100% LSU. Okay. I think that even with Tua coming back, mm-hmm. um. Although the combination of Tua and his wide receivers is better than the combination of Burrow, which is quarterback for LSU, and his wide receivers. Yeah. I think that LSU, number one, has a better defense. Sure. Alabama is usually known for its defense and stuff, but its secondary is definitely weak. You can pass on this team all day. Yeah. And I don't think Alabama has the run game that they usually lean on to help with stuff. And so I'm just looking at it, and I'm really thinking, I mean, this – they're number one for a reason, all right? Okay, that's fair. And even even if Tua plays, he's not 100%, I'm picking LSU. That's fair. Um, that's fair. And I, I wrestled with this pick for a long time, and I purely made my decision off of Nick Saban coming off a of bye week. They're also at home, which is good for Alabama. Right. Um, Our second not college game, we have number five. There. Number five, Penn State, is traveling to number 13, Minnesota. And I will go first on this one, Mr. Jack. Go ahead. Hit me with okay. it. Okay. I'm going Penn State. Okay. All right. Uh, this number 13, Minnesota. They, right? they, they don't belong there. Like, they, well, they, they kind of, they've earned their spot there. Um, there's some shaky, some shaky placings mm-hmm. in the top 25. I can't lie. There's some shaky stuff going on. Yeah. Okay? But uh, I definitely have to go number five, Penn State. I'm going Penn um, State as well. I have no reason not to go Penn State. Um, Nitty Lions going to take it home. And, and and the thing is they have to, right? If they wanna if they wanna be in the college football playoff discussion, they need to win out. So it's They gotta um, be at Ohio State, don't they? Yeah, yes. that that's gonna be the game to where some potential upsets can be can be had. I don't know. I don't I think Ohio State will still take it, but yeah, see, it'll be a the, tough game. The thing about that is I think I think Ohio State can lose that game and still make the playoffs, but I don't think Penn, Penn State, State can lose that game. Yeah, and Penn State it. can't lose it and make it in. You were definitely right exactly. on that. Exactly. It's definitely a, you know, Penn State's on a must-win basis every week. Absolutely. For 
Absolutely. Uh, that's it for the college games, but I will say all four of these teams are undefeated. So, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's, that's super crazy. That's why Minnesota's at 13, although you don't really see that like they should be there. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely a, a excellent week for college football, especially the LSU-Alabama matchup. That's we'll going to be crazy. I don't watch um, much college football. I'm probably going to watch that game. On to the NFL games. All right, number one, we have Chargers at the Raiders. Ooh. Now, here's the thing. The Raiders have been kind of sneaky good, especially with John Gruden. I feel like especially they are. Especially at home. Especially at home. I feel like Gruden has them competitive, and I feel like he's has them energized. And for whatever reason, Derek, Derek Carr is playing incredibly well. Josh Jacobs is not to be snuffed at. And for this, and, and I think this was a tough one for me because the Chargers beat Green Bay, and they beat them pretty handedly. Um, and I would think Green Bay would definitely be better than Oakland. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go LA on this one. I just think it's just a little too much for Oakland to handle, even though Oakland is at home. I'm going LA. Um, I'm also gonna go with the Chargers. The reasons being: number one, you fired your offensive coordinator, and what did you do? Your first weekend coming in as the new guy, you mm-hmm. ran the football. Melvin Gordon produced for once. Melvin Ingram in the back. Joey Bosa freed up. And so, like, um, the Raiders are definitely a sneaky team, especially at home, like I said. But mm-hmm. a little too much this think, time. I don't think they have the offensive weapons to beat this uh, this Charger team. So I got to put us both down for this. What's up, Jack? We on the same team again? What's we up? We on we on the, we're on the same page for the past couple of picks. Uh, next up, we're not going to be on the same page. Absolutely not. We got the the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Tennessee. We even friend. have a bet, and I'm telling you what: if Mahomes is playing, it's no shot. No shot. I don't even know what we bet on it. We bet like a hat or team hat or something. But we, we, we haven't put anything on it yet, but it's a bet. It is a bet. I'm taking Kansas City. My homeboy's going to come back with a fury. Chris Jones is coming back. Best defensive player, best offensive player returning into the lineup. Andy Reid, they they had a solid win over Minnesota. Matt Moore, who was coaching high school ball last last year. You got to think with Mahomes in there, they're, they're going to beat Tennessee. Do you see this? Yes. Do you see this? Right. I, I, this is I, logo I see, for the Tennessee Titans. You I know see what a Titan it. is, Jackson? What, you know what, what a Titan is? Learn me something. Educate me. In uh, Greek mythology, right? The Titans are the people that came before, like, Zeus and all them. Okay? Right. All right? All right? They are, like, the father of the Greek gods. Okay? Okay. All right? So Kronos is our, uh, is our main Titan guy. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever been to a Titans game or seen him on the TV. It's this big buff dude in, like, armor and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a joke. We had a better guy last year. Uh, the guy this year kind of stinks, but it's whatever. It's, it's whatever, all right? All right? And what's what's a chief? Chief is nothing. a chief, my friend. Compared to a Titan, nothing. <laughs> nothing, okay? Look, Tennessee Titans all the way, and let me just bring up some stuff, all right? Here we go. I think we beat both of the Super Bowl teams last year. Two Super Bowl teams. We beat both of them. The Patriots and the Eagles. The Rams. At home. No, no, no. Not in the Super Bowl. I mean, when I say Super Bowl teams, I mean, like, contenders. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And this was the Eagles, like, week four coming off a playoff win, or a, a Super Bowl win last year. We beat them. Congratulations. You're not beating Patrick Mahomes. I'm, and, then we, and then we beat Tom Brady. I'm just saying, we... Good teams, we play amazingly well against good teams at home. Like these teams that are supposed to be amazing. Yeah. Two years ago at home, beat the Packers and beat I, Seattle. I, I will I will give you that. The Titans do 
play up to their competition. For whatever reason, they play down to their competition. It's one of those strange enigmas. It's last two. Do you know we're two and zero against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs within the last two seasons? Are you now? Yeah. You think you can do it three times in the regular season, and then we beat them in the playoffs? Well, can you do it again this season? Obviously, you're going to say yes. I'm saying no. I'm taking Kansas City. I'm taking Kansas City. Tyreek Hill's going to run all over you. Next up, we got the Vikings and the Cowboys. Um, this weekend, the boys stumble. The Vikings are going to win this one, Jackson. The boys stumble. And let me tell you why. Look, A 37-13 victory is apparently stumbling. No, 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 no. I'm saying they're going to stumble this coming weekend against oh, the Vikings. Okay. The Vikings are going to win. Okay? And here's why. Dalvin Cook, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. All right? I'm I'm just I'm just throwing some names out there. You want to throw you want to throw also this name out there, Kirk Cousins, yeah, yeah. who in primetime games is noticeably worse. Now, if they're if they're in the afternoon at home on a one o'clock game, they're absolutely indestructible. Okay, all right. But playing a Sunday night underneath the lights against the Cowboys, you're saying Dalvin Cook? We held Saquon last week. You want to talk about under the, the lights? Zone. I remember the Titans thrashing the Cowboys under the lights last year. Y'all thought your season was over and that Jason Garrett was going to get fired. That didn't happen, of course, but I'm just saying. Cooper Cooper got in, mixed into the <laughs> offense and we went on an absolute tear. Yes, but we're not talking about the Titans. We're talking about Kirk Cousins, right, who in Monday night and Sunday night football games, has, he has a losing record in those, and that's for a reason. Cowboys all day, baby. Zeke's going to eat. Zeke's going to eat. No, I hope I do hope Zeke eats because my fantasy team, but uh, I'm definitely going <laughs> to the Vikings right here. Okay. Um, which, by the way, all throughout the game last night, I was just sending you sent Jackson me, the, you, Zeke, the Zeke the Zeke eating meme eat over and cereal? over. Yeah, you said that like yeah, four it's, times. It's, it's from his rookie year where he's sitting there eating that cereal and he's looking up and he's just like, yeah, dude, he was getting it. Dude, he was eating last night. Amazing. Um, next game. Amazing game, by the way, for the week. I think this is my personal favorite, other okay. than the college game, of course. The LSU-Alabama game is the most exciting game. Um, but the Seahawks traveling to San Francisco oh, to go against yes. the 49ers. This is going to be a game. All right, who you got? I got Seahawks. I believe in my man Russell Wilson. He's going to win that MVP, and I think that he is going to be able to put them over the top in this game like he has done all year. I think the 49ers are amazing, but you, you can't go undefeated. All right? I, I don't see them think, going undefeated, and if there's a team that's going to beat them, I think it's Seattle. I think after this week, there will be zero undefeated teams remaining. I, too, oh, have Seattle. I, too, have Why? Seattle. They added Josh Gordon. They have DK Metcalf. Russell Wilson's having an MVP-like season. S- San Francisco has to stumble. Reese has to stumble at some point. I believe this is a trap game for them. They're coming off a Thursday night win. They think they have extra time to rest, extra time to prepare. But Pete Carroll's going to have something dialed in for him. Russell Wilson just does it, man. He just figures out a way to win. Yo, Tyler Lockett is crazy, too. Absolutely insane. That's going to be one heck of a game. Clowney versus Bosa. Russ versus Jimmy G. Josh Gordon wanted to let everyone in the league know that they shouldn't be uh, releasing him. Last game game. for the weekend. The Panthers travel to go against the pack. The The big pack. The green pack man. 
All right. I'm going to go with that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Lucas. I don't think back-to-back weeks he gets shut out like that. He was embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed against the Chargers of all people, who the week before looked like they were stumbling and on their way to a coaching change and possibly a relocation to another city that they need to get out of L.A. They stink so bad. Okay. (laughs) Now we got Aaron Rodgers in the pack. Resetting, refocusing. Okay, they're gonna we're gonna beat Kyle Allen. Okay, all day. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, getting back into a groove, getting back into football shape, feeling it. Okay, Aaron Rodgers in the pack all day. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, the Packers are. Yeah, I just think they're gonna win this team. Like I win this win this team, team. <laughs> win the game. I don't know what I'm saying out here. I think they're gonna win this game. Um. Like I said earlier, uh, Kyle Allen's nothing special. Fair. And I think the Packers' defense is good enough to get some pressure on him and make him cause mistakes, just like we did. Like, in the beginning of the game, before our defense got gassed because uh, it wasn't 10 to 20 minutes possession time in the first half, Mm -hmm. um, we got pressure on him, caused interception, caused a fumble, dropped two interceptions, you know, like crazy stuff. So uh, I definitely think... They're gonna yeah, try and stop Christian. Yeah, they're gonna try and stop Christian McCaffrey. They're gonna make Kyle Allen beat him with his arm. Yep. So that is it for picks this week, guys. Love it. Hopefully, so hopefully some better results than last week, my friend. Onto my thing, Mr. Jackson. Yeah, she said you had to remind me. But you don't. You don't have to remind me. I'm all here. You're on okay? top of it. Remember, I'm the one. All right. That's right. So, <clears throat> this is it, guys. Okay. All right. We got we got some stuff in the works. All right. So our Spooktober episode last week. Most popular episode for good reason because it was Spooktober. It right? was spooky yeah. season, man. You gotta love it. By far our best performing, our best performing episode across all platforms. That's right. And so, um, we're gonna keep doing some stuff like that. Our our cool little intro we did. Yeah. Right. We're gonna when it comes to some special times, we're gonna do some special stuff for you. All mm-hmm. right. Because y'all are special people. Y'all listen to the podcast. So, I love it. Um, if there's anyone that listened to last week's podcast but didn't watch it, you definitely need to. Um, if there's anyone that is listening this week but hasn't seen last week's, so you definitely need to go back and go to YouTube, go for two podcasts. The Spooktober episode, episode 12 of the Go for Two podcast, amazing. All right, the intro is great. Um, but anyways, like I said, for special events like holidays and stuff like that, um, we're going to start trying to do stuff like that. So I wanted to take in some ideas. If any of y'all have some ideas, I know sure. Mr. Casey's already given us um, some ideas for Thanksgiving coming yes, up. He this has. <laughs> Which, so, by the way, if we do, it would be absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And so uh, definitely love to get some of y'all's inputs on what we can do for stuff like that. Look, I'm thinking on Hanukkah, look, even though I don't personally celebrate Hanukkah, I'm right. trying to wear how many candles? Well, the, whatever. The, the, like, the, the big candle? candle? Yes, bro. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That'd and be so, awesome. so, you know, whatever holiday, I don't care what it is. Beard. I'm start going out of my way to find holidays. All right, Jackson's going to be Abraham Lincoln for Thanksgiving. <laughs> all. <laughs> little top hat one of those like like a stretchy little rubber band yeah. beards he's he's not really gonna be abraham lincoln because that makes no sense in correlation with uh yeah, casey suggested lincoln <laughs> lincoln doesn't belong at thanksgiving casey what do you think <laughs> look he's the closest thing to a pilgrim president we've had so. i'll give you that <laughs> i'll give you that one I, I see where the man's going with it um but yeah definitely casey put some stuff in uh guys ask us some questions all right all right you can hit us up on twitter at go for two podcast that is g-o-f-o-r the number two podcast all right all right right. we're on twitter we're on youtube at go for two podcast some awesome stuff going on there i'm shooting jackson dirty looks all day all right there's stuff going on 
All right. Um, if y'all want to tag us in anything, hashtag don't give a, you know, hashtag don't the, give a with the boys podcast is amazing and we love it. Okay. And so we, we're trying to embrace the culture. All right. You need to embrace it. So just Twitter, YouTube, Apple podcast, ask us write, questions, write a review, ask us some questions, Spotify. That's okay. right. What, what else are we on? Anchor. All right. Yeah. So Anchor, else? Google right. Podcast, everywhere. Go to your local around. dollar store. You can see Gopher Two Podcast CDs. All right, with me and Jackson, our face on the front. Everywhere, okay. Everywhere, yeah, we're, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. All right, it doesn't matter. It's so easy to listen to us, to watch us. You have no excuse it. not Do to. Do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor. That's right. That's right. Guys, thank you so much for watching and listening to this episode of the Gopher Two Podcast. This was episode number thirteen. Personally, one of my favorites. Um, you can find us, at, like just like Lucas said, we're all podcasts can be found. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and whatnot. We're also on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash gopher2podcasts. Be sure to subscribe, like, and leave us some different comments just like Casey does. Thank you, Casey. And we will feature your question here on the podcast. And you can hear your name. It'll be great. That's right. That's right. And you know what? If you want to say your name in any special way, all right, you know, if, if your name is Logan, but you want us to say logan or whatever you know if you want jackson to say it in right. a weird voice with a like indian headdress on he can do it all right i can do I'll it i'll burn some sacrificial offerings back here if i have we got it. no problem okay? that's it we'll do anything jackson's into weird stuff ask him some weird questions it doesn't matter hashtag don't it. give up hashtag don't give up hashtag for the boys hashtag by the way for if the anyone has made it if anyone has made it this far and is listening to this rambling that we're doing right now especially mm -hmm. me and i'm talking real fast if anyone has made it this far i want to apologize to you for how long this podcast is this is like two and a half hours and it's just blowing my mind so thank it's you. crazy thank you guys so much for watching we love you all Bye bye